Hi guys, I'm just uh, jumping in at the beginning of the recording again to tell you that we had some serious issues with the Scrooge and Muppet Christmas Carol episode. Basically there was some weird, awful, high-pitched ambient noise on Andy's end, and we had to use the backup recording, which he'd never used before, and which he sounds very quiet on. So I'll be the loud one in this episode. That's different. And it's a, it's a good episode. We had a lot of fun talking about Muppets and arguing. But there will be some weird noises that we didn't account for when recording. And you might need headphones. So this is kind of going to be our New Year's episode, I guess. So, uh, I don't know, I, I still feel really festive, you know? No, it's like, our Christmas episode, it is. We watched a movie that... So, here's the thing. We watched... Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing about... We two movies. We did watch two movies with the same exact story, which I the rather enjoyed. Right? Uh, the way these two movies both handled the same story, I like seeing the differences they made. For sure. I, I think... But the I th- want to change the structure of this episode a little bit. Okay, do you want to go over the story as it goes well, that, and like hit I, how I, each I movie think, does it? Yeah, because I, I think the big thing is, is like, like at the end of the day, like we watched we watched an amazing, beautiful, well crafted, oh my, well acted, with beautiful music, memorable scenes. Oh, is she gonna do this well lit, thing? Well lit, beautiful, oh my God. just. One of the best adaptations of A Christmas Carol that I have ever seen. I might need to punch her in the face. And also, A Muppet's Christmas You piece of actual <laughs> shit! Uh, Tony, you have no idea the number of iterations that this bit went over in my I head. I fucking knew it! <laughs> so... I want to clarify. I, I cannot stress enough. I watched Scrooge, and I was like... Man, this is a really good Christmas Carol, and it's I watched an amazing Mu- movie. And then I watched Muppets Christmas Carol, and I was like, "Fuck, this is like a really good Christmas Carol." I unapologetically um, do absolutely think that a Muppet Christmas Carol is a stronger movie. I disagree. Okay, um, well, we can get into point again. for point why we think that, and I think so, it'll be so interesting. What- what I want to do is, I think I want to talk about. I want to just talk about a Christmas Carol for a bit. Yes. Um, unlike me too. Unlike unlike the last like like a Christmas Carol is like one of the biggest uh, novels ever of all time. You know, like. Do you know what I love about it? The anger that that Charles Dickens has uh, in his prose. That's what I love about it. It's That's, such an angry story. That is one of the things I love about it. So what I did is I watched both these movies, and I listened to Neil Gaiman read the version that Charles Dickens adapted to be read out loud. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll in front of crowds. That. So I just sat through and did three different versions of this movie, basically. And I, I was like, yeah, these are all great. But what I love about it is I don't like really religious Christmas stories. Because I don't think there's much of worth there besides isn't Jesus great. But I I also I also don't like really not religious Christmas stories. Because all their worth comes from, hey, isn't Christmas great? Uh you know, yeah, like the, the... you know, like you watch Frosty a Snowman and it's just about a snowman who's happy. And 
the what is that the fucking institution of Christmas? Yeah, or like, or, or even is, like, is the problem, or or even like, uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas, which is a great Christmas movie and a great Christmas story. It's okay. Wait, which one? Oh, the original cartoon. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a great Christmas movie, a great Christmas story. But at the end of the day, it's the the moral is Christmas is good, and that's not anything. And a Christmas Carol, the moral is. Fucking rich people who have who live in their goddamn ivory towers who aren't looking out for anybody die alone, and they deserve it. Their souls are going to travel the earth, looking at all the people they could have helped and saved, and feeling bad. Or, or they could go help people, and they'll be happier, and everybody will be happier, and London will be a better place. I I think it's such an amazing thing because like because like like you you mentioned too like Frosty the Snowman and How the Grinch Stole Christmas but like like any Christmas movie that is made post the publication any Christmas story that I think was made post a Christmas Carol cheats mm. and the reason they cheat is because like like the like at the end of the day right the moral is that Christmas can be great but you have to like you have to imbue it with yourself you have to put you get out of Christmas what you put into it. And if you have the means to put a lot, that does not like decry from the uh, from other right. means to put everything into Christmas. Right. The and the Cratchits the Cratchits have that. a good Christmas, yes, yes. even without the Scrooge. Have an amazing Christmas. But when Scrooge comes by, they they have a good they have a good Christmas because he. Well, actually, in the book, Scrooge doesn't come by, <laughs> but it's 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 supposed it's a good Christmas because somebody showed them generosity. You know exactly. And so every Christmas story after a Christmas carol cheats because they go, and isn't Christmas great? And we know why Christmas is great because a Christmas carol spells it out. It, mm-hmm. Like the entire book, it spells out why Christmas is great. Every other story afterwards just doesn't feel like it has to, which sucks. Even my like my favorite Christmas movie of all time is a Charlie Brown Christmas, and okay. even a Charlie Brown Christmas falters toward the end when it actually has to spell out the meaning of Christmas. I think A Charlie Brown Christmas um, is kind of a bad movie. Like, it's a fun movie to watch once a year, but it's not, like, oh, a no, great story. It's a, it's a terrible film, but it's a beautiful piece. Mm, yeah, okay. Describe it. Like, it's a beautiful kind of ode to these amazing characters and this holiday well what it is the problem with most of charlie brown movies is yes. it's like jokes from charlie brown comic strips that have been like taken from the comic strips and put it in a movie and we're just supposed to go hey i remember that one yeah yeah it's and it's 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 the problem with peanuts is that it's been around forever mm-hmm. and even by the time uh a charlie brown christmas came out peanuts had been around for 20 years so yeah. kids who watched that we're already like, yeah, peanuts is everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, like nobody wants to talk about what Christmas means because everybody's afraid of the institution that is Christmas because it's it's so bloated now. Mm-hmm. And I get the feeling that even in like Charles Dickens' time, it was getting bloated. Oh, like, I bet, yeah. Like, uh, like Charles Dickens lived through the Great Christmas Revival in the Victorian era. Well, Charles Dickens almost... Um, um... He's the reason why we think of snow on Christmas, right? Because yeah. in Charles Dickens' time, there was what they call it, like a mini ice yeah. age. And so in his childhood, yeah. there was always snow on Christmas. And then he was the one who would always be writing about Christmas time. 
And so now like we think of snow every Christmas, even though in a lot of places that doesn't happen. I grew up by the Great Lakes, so there was usually snow on Christmas. I grew up in Southern California and the Southwest. I I didn't see snow until I was like a teenager. But so I want like let's talk let's talk a little bit about the history of a Christmas Carol. The, okay. The wonderful open source. Uh, which, which Andy's brain. Really it all comes from Andy's brain. Not from like, Wikipedia. The, the first edition of A Christmas Carol was published on the 19th of December, 1843. By Christmas Eve, it was sold out. Damn. By the By the end of the next year, it had 13 editions. From the 19th of December to January 1st, 1845, Charles Dickens had 14 editions of this novella. That is amazing. And in, in, 1840, in the 1840s, like that is mind-blowing mm-hmm. to me. Like This book was massive. To the point where he, a couple of years later, started doing public readings of the story, which you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. He did 128 performances, and, and, and the last performance was like the year that he died. A Christmas Carol uh, is, I think, one of the angriest children's stories. This entire story starts by dragging this old man mm-hmm. and talking about what a piece of shit he is. And then spends... Actually, it starts... I mean, they do this in the Muppet movie, you should know this, Andy. (laughs) It starts by talking about how dead his partner is. Fine. Technically. His partners are dead. But, like, what what I mean is, like, narratively, right? No, I understand. The the five-act structure... See, I was being an asshole. ...of this story. I know. The five-act structure of this story is, like, like, what a fucking asshole this guy is. Let's go back all the way to his past and show him why he was an asshole, how he is continuing to be an asshole, and how fucked he is in the future because he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk and about then, how the Muppets hits the tone better than the other movie, but we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that was the sound of me slowly... Um, Look, if you weren't genuinely talking. moved by the Muppets' vision of the future, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. I, We're going I was not moved by any part of the Muppets movie except for the occasional chuckle. Um, okay, that's crazy. That Michael Caine okay. as Scrooge didn't get you? He's fine. Oh He's alright. I liked him. You know what bothers me is the fact that Michael Caine has been playing like grumpy old men since before I was born. Yeah, he's a grumpy. He's just a grumpy old man. What's what's your problem? He's been a grumpy old man longer than we've both been alive. That's fine. There are some people like that, Andy. Kind of weird, though, to think about. So, such like as Ebenezer way. Scrooge. So, so okay. Anything more you have to say about A Christmas Carol other than the fact that it's just like this amazing tale of like... I just... I don't read a lot of Dickens. Uh, and Same. that's a personal failing of mine because it's this great Same. story about inequality. But that also happens to be a great snapshot of Christmas in uh, in 19th century London, a place that I will never get to see, but I can see very clearly because of this story. Oh my goodness. Let me... I'm just going to read this sentence that I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles Dickens urged workers and employers to join together to combat ignorance with educational reform and realized in the days following that the most effective way to reach the broadest segment of the population with his social concerns about poverty and injustice was to write a deeply felt Christmas narrative, full pamphlets and essays. 
God, what a fucking cool and, dude, huh? What a kick-ass dude. And like, and like, like, like Charles Dickens more so than anybody had a lot of, a lot of reason to be angry at at the the like wealth inequality in London because like his dad was thrown into debtor's prison and he had to like quit school to help like pay for his family and he realized like as a, as a young like pretty well educated kid this is fucked up mm-hmm. this is unfair and doesn't let me fulfill my potential as a member of society my dad had debt that's fucked y'all just get into it it sounds like we're about to get into yeah, it something vibrating in my house i'm sure there's a joke i could make there but it's christmas it's not christmas andy it's christmas in our hearts no. every day of the year did you not watch the movies <laughs> all right yeah let's just get into it well okay so which movie did you watch first i watched scrooge first so did i okay in retrospect, I kind of wish I would have watched the Muppets film first. Why? It... <laughs> Don't say the thing I think you're going to say, Andy. Because it would have been more fair. Um... Oh. There is... Well, let's, well, let's we'll get about... individually sorry, into all the little things I love about the Muppet film that... I think... that Okay, here's... Okay, here... I'm going to say this at the top. In a weird way, I think the Muppet movie was more faithful to the book. And the Scrooge version took the kind of movie liberties that you'd see in the 70s. And it didn't... It, it It's still... It's the same story, and it's still a good version of that story. But it wasn't exactly the one I liked. And I, I will also say this. If, if it weren't for having a fight about Muppet Treasure Island, I would absolutely not begrudge you enjoying Scrooge more. But... I did enjoy the Muppet movie more. It's frustrating because there's a lot of there's a lot of like technical brilliance on display in uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Like just the 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 puppets and the animatronics and the set design in those movies is phenomenal. I just don't I just don't think that Brian Henson is a good enough director to properly fucking shine and block and block the vision of what those movies want to be. And maybe it's not his fault, you know, maybe his like maybe he just didn't have a great director of photography or something. It, like here's here's the thing. Out. I can't even but, get into this conversation with you because I one hundred percent disagree. So But well my, so my but that's the thing is like like and I'm not saying that Brian Henson is a bad director. He's a No, but what I'm he's... saying is when it's just Scrooge and the ghost of Christmas future, that's one of the scariest things I've ever seen in a fucking movie. That like has so no, much that, that has like so no, much right. tension on screen that it's amazing. You're, and no, it's from a giant correct, Muppet. No, you're absolutely correct. That moment is fantastic, but that moment isn't the whole movie, right? That like, moment's like a third of the movie, dude. But at the end of the day, there's just there are a lot of times when had I been, I'm not, I don't want to play like armchair director, right? I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I could fix this movie, but there's, I would, there are moments that I would have pushed more, uh, scenes that I would have framed differently. I just everything in this movie felt so. That's so funny because there are people who love Muppets, and as a person who. I didn't okay. grow up with Muppets. No, right? you know I what? That's Sesame Street. That's and... that's fair, actually, because you had the same problem with Muppet Treasure Island. Like yeah, you but... hated that there were like bits with uh, rats on what were they doing? 
they were like on a cruise, and you could not stand they it. Do the it same was fucking it was, joke in this goddamn movie. It was just a Muppet gag, dude. It's just something that happens in Muppet movies. But, but that's the thing is, is like, like I can I could feel it in Treasure Island, and I can feel it in this movie. It's like it's chock full of all of these references, and it's like. But the reason too, you have to make a movie, right? The, and the, the reason who is this movie for when it's not for people who enjoy the how Muppets? Fucking dare you! It's for everybody. It's beautiful. But here's the thing. Here is why I actually really enjoy that because they do all these Muppet gags throughout the whole movie, and again they stop for Christmas Future. All the gags stop. All the funny Muppet stuff stops so that the story can happen and it gives that moment more weight and it lets you feel the lightness of the other moments more and again this might just be me and this might be something we're not going to agree on and i cannot stress this enough that's fine i don't want to argue about it <laughs> but they but i think but they they do so much in the muppet movie that makes that makes it feel like weirdly dickensian and they do some stuff in, in the Scrooge movie that makes it feel like so much its own thing that it that yeah. that doesn't thrill me. And like one of those things that I fucking couldn't stand is when Scrooge gets dragged into hell. I love that. I Are you kidding hated me? it. Oh my god. For one I thing for one it. thing, it says at the beginning that's not what happens when you're a bad guy. You don't get dragged into hell. You have to be walking the earth in chains, looking at all the people you could have and should have helped, but being unable no. to help them. That's remember, your punishment, and they give him a different punishment. He, he and wasn't he wasn't dragged to hell because of his actions. He was dragged to hell because he was a very special kind of shitty. I know. And I know what the he most was. Evil person in hell noticed this. But that's not. But that's not. Add to your personal what, arsenal. No, and I understand. Like that's a very seventies thing to do. It, it is. Like, that's the thing. Well, the other thing, the other thing that I enjoyed while I watched it, but as like I went on because I watched this like a week ago, as I went yeah. on Same. and on thinking about it, I, I I decided I hated it. Was the weird the weird tone that when you when Scrooge first gets to the future takes because he is convinced something amazing is happening. I loved it. I enjoyed it when it happened, but then they spent fucking half an hour dancing on his grave. It's my favorite musical number in the movie. <laughs> it's it's here's the thing, it's a good song. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, these these are like a bunch of people dancing on his grave. And yes. it, but at that point in the movie you can't hate Scrooge anymore. So it's just no, you sad. Can. Right, because no, you definitely can, right? Because this entire time like he like, it's one thing to talk about, like, oh, I'm going to do good. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to do good. That's, that's the other thing. Enough. That's the other Saying thing. Their Scrooge, is, their, their Scrooge is fucking not, un, it's fucking unrepentant for most of the movie, and it bothered the shit out of me. Because like, in the book and in the Muppet version, Scrooge, like, sees the past, and it really fucking gets to him. But the only thing that got to the Scrooge and Scrooge is seeing his girlfriend that he doesn't have anymore. But, I, but we should oh stop talking about gosh. the differences in such a scattershot way. Why don't we do the opening talk about the movie. and how these openings are different and how they're the same? Because I, they, do, I do also 
I should. I think I should also like find. I, I should maybe I should find out if this is true or not. But Scrooge, I think, was a longer movie, right? It certainly felt longer. It, it felt a lot longer. And... <sighs> but maybe that's just because the end was so long. They spent so long on Christmas Day, and yes, that was like four musical numbers in good. that. And I enjoyed it. But again, later I was like, man, that was a while. Like a while though. Because that's, again, that's the end of the story. <laughs> yeah. I, but, but it's, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah. But, so, I took a lot of notes when I watched Oh, it. but they also spent a lot in the on the front half. Beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so the, maybe it's just a longer movie. Yeah, Scrooge very much feels like a five-act play. Mm. Um, that's divided into then a more conventional three-act structure, with the first act being the kind of introduction the second act being the middle three acts and then the final act being the conclusion right it felt very conventional the introduction to both scrooge and i'm um, up at christmas carol are are similar in that there is this kind of a following of we get like a man. shot of london and like yeah. a zoom in on scrooge himself but here's uh, one of the one of the main differences is in Scrooge they use choir music, which is the first time on this podcast I have watched a movie with choir music and thought, yeah, that feels appropriate. Yeah, this feels really good, <laughs> doesn't it? Right? Oh, this is what a good choir sounds. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. And in the Muppet this is version, just a bunch of creepy kids. And in the Muppet version, there are two things that the Muppet version does, which is one, establish Muppets before establishing Scrooge. Which yes. Andy probably hated. No, it's fine. You know, you got to set up the rules of the world before you throw me in there proper. Right. But what I really love, and I'm going to probably be the most annoying human being on the planet, is that Scrooge is... I mean, starting now or starting a long time ago? Starting at the beginning of this recording, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Merry Christmas. I... <laughs> so... <laughs> so god damn it do you think people think we don't like each other i feel like <laughs> i feel like i feel like people will think that we don't like each other and we should stress that we don't Nah, like no nah, no nah. we absolutely do not like each other mm -mm. have you like i was about to go down like another jokey fight thing but i really want to <laughs> start the movies yeah, no, let's get started. Let's do this. So, Scrooge... I this is going to be a short episode. Scrooge in um, the Muppet version is creepy. Like, like in the beginning, all we see is his back and this cane and all the Muppets sing about how evil he is. And we don't even see his face until the first song is over. And I genuinely love that. And it does... The, the Scrooge version follows Scrooge around, but it's, like, from the point of view of Scrooge. So we see yeah. him being an asshole to all the people. And it's two different yeah. ways to show this type of character. We, we I, see his daily routine. Yeah. From from his point of view. Which is shaking down all of these and also, uh, all, all of these, these people who folks. owe him money and in yeah. and in uh, and in um uh, Muppets we see that from a point of view of everybody who lives in this part of town mm -hmm. and how much they are afraid of him. Although, I will say, there's this, like, group of street urchins in the Scrooge movie that I really enjoyed. Oh, the ones who keep who, singing Father Christmas like, at him. Yeah, which is, uh, which I thought was a very, like, I thought at the beginning was very cute, and then later kind of culminates in a punchline that I really enjoyed. It, okay, here's the thing. I also enjoyed that, 
uh, and I'm going to say but here. I also enjoyed that, but there's a moment where the street urchins go to a lot of trouble to steal his hat. And it's like, yep. these children are really fucking harassing this old man. Like, Yes, and it feels so good. That's It, it does. From the point of view of the hat. audience, it feels good. And maybe from the point of view of the children, but it's a general rule. If you saw this on the street, just like a bunch of kids bullying an old man. It just made Scrooge feel like a sad old man to me. <laughs> but that, but he is a sad old man. He is a he sad is. old man, but the reason I and like Michael Caine Scrooge is because he's an angry sad old man. He's a sad old I man, think, but we don't know it immediately. I think I think my favorite thing about my favorite thing about Michael Caine's Scrooge is how angry he is, how yelly he can get, mm-hmm. at the, especially at the beginning of the film. He my has this great moment Scrooge, where he um yeah. and. I'm going to start saying Michael Finney's Scrooge. Don't do that. Um, Why? <laughs> um, the, the, the... No, no just, to, just to refer to the other one. Oh, okay. Because I don't want to say Scrooge and Muppet Christmas Carol. Right, right. Because um, it's too many syllables. Yeah. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, there's a moment in the beginning of the Muppet version where... And I don't think that these characters do very much. And if it you, if it wasn't a Muppet movie, there would be no reason to have them in here. But the thank you for noticing. He does employ a lot of rats, dude. I was fine with it because I knew what I was signing up for. But he does employ a lot of rats, and uh, they want more fire. He's creating jobs for more coal for their fire, dude. No, please don't. Like, please don't. Like, please don't. Please, please don't. <laughs> But Fine. please don't, though. I know, no, I know. All right, please, but please don't. These, um, these liberal ghosts. Okay, no, please don't. No, okay. You were so uh, mad. I was. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. Uh, so the, well, the, he the several rats. Can, yeah, and he he fucking. When he shoots them down about getting more coal in the fire, he grins. And it's like, this guy, he might be a sad old man, but he fucking enjoys being a sad old man sometimes. Union Buston makes me feel good. So, (laughs) that's a fucking joke. Oh my god. Oh man. And you made it, it's a ghost story, and you made that joke. Good job, Andy. Alright, so, um, right? So, um, I think, I will say this, Michael Caine Scrooge is, is like, an enjoyable character to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finney's Scrooge is, is just so depressing. Like, he looks so old. He, he does. Looks like, they did he a... looks like he should have died a long time ago, and the only thing that's keeping him going is just rage. He's he's like he's him. like bent over real low, and they did a close real up of, of his face when he was sad, and I could like see the amount of makeup they had to put on to make him look that wrinkly. <laughs> and uh, I think that the actor was like thirty when he was doing this role. Are you fucking kidding? Damn! I'm not. I am not joking. He plays him his younger self. That's how oh, young he really. Plays. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's the same guy. I mean, obviously he doesn't play the little boy, but... Right. No, I understand. Uh, I'm trying to figure out which way to go to. So, uh, let me let me go real quick. I enjoyed that the Muppets used Gonzo 
as a narrator because that lets us get in some classic Dickens lines that there's so, no way to put into a movie otherwise. I, I, I'm like so torn apart by the narration thing. In I understand this in it be, because I love the idea. The idea is fantastic, but man, at one point they literally like throw a fucking hook <laughs> at Michael Caine's dick and. <laughs> hang on as he goes into the past and I'm just like not about that <laughs> my Charles Dickens story I think you put in that it's <laughs> an honest dick um but there I, there listen, are there I'm are not, some good Gonzo Rizzo Tony, lines had I, like had I, Tony had I shot this movie I would have made it absolutely clear to everyone on set that this not? string was not, in fact, <laughs> hanging off of Michael Caine's dick. I'm so glad you but, said not. <laughs> but god damn it if it didn't look like it was. <laughs> it was a very unfortunate shot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are some good Gonzo uh, Rizzo lines. Like, yes. early on, uh, he used... Gonzo uses Rizzo to clean a window, and Rizzo says, thank you for making me a part of this. Which yes, fucking really got funny. me. That was really uh, fucking funny. I also liked uh, a bit later where he like has like a little Rizzo-sickle and just slams it onto a table and <laughs> kind of cracks him open. Yes. I really liked that bit, if only because the only thing I could think of was, man, that must have been really hard to do on a technical level. I was watching that moment, and there was a moment where he was inside a bucket, and I was like, oh my god, that's a small bucket, and that's just a dude's hand. <laughs> I, like, had a, yeah. I had a, like, weird flash. I was like, somebody's under the bucket! <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing that both the Michael Finney and Michael Caine get to do, though, is get to have these amazing with Bob Cratchit. Yeah. Um, there's, so there's a, my, my favorite, I think, in Scrooge is when um, his nephew comes to visit. And at I, one point, Bob yes. just looks up and says, breathes with him. And then he just, like, looks at Scrooge and just immediately gets back to where, like, oh, fuck, right. <laughs> no, not. And I like his nephew in, in that version because he keeps this big old smile on his face and he is absolutely fucking with his uncle like he absolutely. is needling him the whole time and he's got this big old grin on his face and this is his only family like he likes going yeah. over and fucking with his uncle because that's the only time they interact it, like he know, like this is his one chance a year to do two things one get to see his only living relative but also two with the guy fuck with the guy yeah. uh what, and what, the, a be what an amazing christmas that this guy has yeah there's another little scene uh i think a little bit after that between scrooge and cratchit where uh it's when he's like paying him his wages including the one for christmas even though he says he's like robbing him you know that line the line yeah. everybody knows that i have temporarily forgotten that Scrooge genuinely thinks Cratchit is poor because he doesn't work enough, despite the fact oh, that he works God, yeah. exactly the same amount of time that Scrooge does. Scrooge does. And no that's... excuse to pinch pennies. Yeah, that's so... Every December the 25th. That's so... It's a good line. It's a really good interesting line. Interesting to me. 
And yeah, that line shows up in both versions. I'm going to jump before we get to the collectors for charity. I'm going to jump back to the other movie because... Oh. This is going to be the most confusing episode. (laughs) Because, Because Michael Caine has this huge stack of eviction notices for Kermit, who plays Cratchit. Oh, yeah. And he says, um... And, yes, and I actually really like this. And Cratchit says, but Mr. Scrooge, it's Christmas. And he says, very well, you may gift wrap them. <laughs> God damn! That's a <laughs> savage fucking line. That's so fucking oh, badass. If he wasn't evil, that would have been the coolest thing he's ever done. <laughs> and on top of that, he like goes on to say something along the lines of like, this is the time of year when people spend their mortgage money buying gifts and other Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great work. Frivolity is a fantastic word. I'm going to fucking add it to my lexicon. But, uh, and then he says, some might say that this is a hunting season for estate owners like myself. And I'm just yeah. like, holy shit. What a motherfucker. Like, there, there is something, I think, to me, more visceral about... So, because in, in Scrooge, he's just a loan guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he loans people money back. He requisitions their stuff and sells it. And that's evil, but he's going out there and he's collecting all of those loans himself. Yeah. The the Michael Caine Scrooge is sending people out to people, take houses. To if no, to evict people from houses he's renting out. Right. Which is like so much more diabolical mm-hmm. and fucked up. And I love it. And Michael Caine really does this thing when his nephew shows up. And I actually think, because in the Muppet version, his nephew and the collectors, which are Beaker and Honeydew, show up at the same time. Or, like, they're in the same scene for a little bit. And Michael Caine says, my dear nephew, and he makes it sound like, fuck you. Like, because his nephew says, like, oh, yeah, he can give you money. He's like, my dear nephew. (laughs) And I was like, whoa! Yeah, there's... It was really good. It's like the... I, Michael Caine does a lot of really strong acting. He, he he does some great line delivery. Oh yeah. Uh, and so if we jump back over to Scrooge, oh man, this is gonna be impossible. We're um, gonna. I I okay. So do we want to keep doing? Abs- it abs- we need do... to keep doing it like this. I okay. love it. It's impossible. Okay. It's, it's gonna it be is... garbage. <laughs> so, oh, I fucking. We're gonna just keep jumping from movie to movie. So the collectors who collect for the they... charity. I'm not gonna lie, they're like accosting this dude as he's walking. These are I would not give these fuckers money. I would absolutely not give them a fucking penny. The beaker and honeydew collectors, I might give them money. These guys, they fucking like assault Scrooge in a dark alley, and they ask if they're talking to Mr. Marley or Mr. Scrooge, and he said, Oh, Marley's been dead for seven years. And they make this weird forced joke, like, oh well. It's a good thing you're generous, though. Like, why would you give that guy money after that? Oh, man, yeah. <sighs> it's such an... I think that those collectors are just so seedy. And and I, I don't think they were meant to be. I, think I, I don't think they're supposed to be. But it's... That, that, they that, are. That unintentional. But right, but yeah, like, I, I would... I Like, the entire scene, I was like... like I told... I also wouldn't give these people money yeah it's like uh, it's like it's like if a santa is ringing a bell outside of a outside of a grocery store but like the the bucket where you're supposed to put your change just says like a charity on it 
It just says the word uh U H H H charity question mark? Uh charity. Yeah, that sounds legit. So I have an idea for a charity to tell me. We're gonna call it uh charity. Look, Andy, if we get big, I'm down. <laughs> and it'll be uh we'll fund uh it'll like be different like uh, uh speech therapy places. Oh, that's actually really good. I like that a lot. Right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I don't know if people, I don't know if hospital if like therapists would appreciate the joke, but I would. So we'll see. Um, I think I think. Oh, so here's. I'll stop cutting out our uhs really so great... we don't sound like we're making fun of people about it. That's what we'll do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not perfect. I, I I think one of the big one of the big differences between the 1970 film and the uh, Muppet film mm-hmm. is the is how Scrooge lives at home. Muppet movie. Michael Caine yeah. lives in this like big house that the way the movie frames it, like when his partners died, he just moved in. Like, well, yeah, this, this is mine. That's what it seemed like it was in the book. I can, but here's the thing about the uh, about the what do you want to call the Scrooge movie? Because if I keep on calling it Scrooge, I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna call it the wanna, '70s movie. I'm uh, gonna call it, yeah. Let's call it the the '70s movie and the Muppet movie, and I think we'll be good. Yeah. Okay. Because the thing about the '70s movie is. It's still a big house, but it's, like, huge and gross and empty. And I I was writing down, like, why does he have such a big, awful, empty house? And the only reason I could think was, he really wants to get haunted. Like, this is a great house to be haunted in. Haunted in? (laughs) And I think think it's the difference in ethos between the two characters is this, and it's that Scrooge makes money because he wants to be rich and spend it on himself. Like, he has this, like, lavish nightgown. And yes. Like, yeah, but and, the... like, his house is well-kept and clean. And the 70s version, he is keeping money and doesn't... He do anything doesn't with it. seem to do anything with it. He doesn't even spend it on himself. Like, his bed is all molty and ragged, and his nightgown is, like, stained and dilapidated. And I will say, if I'm tr- if I'm remembering the book right, Scrooge has a really nice nightgown, but it's also really old. Like Scrooge is a guy who spends money once and then doesn't again. It's, but and I think to I, get I think that across in the seventies version, they decided to just make all of his stuff look really shitty, old. Yeah, yeah. and I and but I think it it it's it adds to his depressing character. It right? does. Like, it definitely does. But all I, the money in the world, and he doesn't even spend it on himself. Yeah, like what? It's not giving him anything mm-hmm. it's not giving him happiness it's not giving him comfort it's not giving him warm clothes he just has it and it's it's infuriating but the the thing i actually have notes on both of these houses i put that in the muppet version it still doesn't really look like he spends money on it but it does look like somebody lives there like when yeah. when scrooge in the 70s version comes in with like his bowl of soup it looks like he always comes in with a bowl of soup because he never makes his own food and, like, never keeps food in the house because his house sucks. And the Muppet version, this is the one thing in the Muppet version that I think the ambiance is definitely lesser in. Mm-hmm. Because I think, and we might fight about this later, I think the ambiance in the Muppet version is fucking baller. But the, the 70s version, this is such a crappy old house that you are waiting for Marley yeah. to show up. Like, Marley's gonna show up, and it's gonna be creepy. I Well, no, because before Marley even shows up, a fucking ghost carriage fucking rides through his fucking foyer. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, fucking, 
that fucking ghost that carriage. fucking like, ghost dude, carriage carriers <laughs> just come through every night and you've just gotten used to it like oh oh it's just the ghost carriage yeah top of the morning to you too ghost carriage like holy <laughs> okay shit. scrooge doesn't say top of the morning to anybody <laughs> no but the ghost carriage says hi to him yeah um you want to talk yeah. about marley i love sorry i love the marleys the marleys um of Robert the Muppets, I and, think those, I think those two Muppets, I think are the most, are the two that I know the most that aren't Kermit and Miss Piggy. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Because, um, because, of, because of the reference. Yeah, because of the, the reference to mm -hmm. uh, Ebert and, uh, uh, oh, fuck, I keep forgetting Ebert's fucking friend's name. Is it? Shit, I feel so bad. And I think Robert Corman? Okay. Ebert and Corman. That sounds right. Like, like. That's who they're supposed to be. They're like a parody of them. So, so I know of them, and like they did like a bunch of commercials and stuff. I think mm -hmm. for for an insurance or something, whatever. Now, I really and, like the Marley and Marley song for a couple reasons. It um, is a fantastic piece. It outlines their ghostly consequences of being miserly, but it also does this thing where like they there's this great line where they start talking about they start laughing about how they kicked out the orphans. Oh, yeah. And then they get chills. Like, mm -hmm. they start feeling the weight of their own crimes as they're talking about they're talking, them. Yeah, like... And that's such a great scene that you can't do with one Marley. Yeah. Uh, it's it, something the, you the needed playoff. two Marleys for. And I think I think also there's, like, there's an amazing... I wish... I really love this bit. Because mm -hmm. it's so good. Where they tell Scrooge about his chains and then the chains fly out at him and wrap Yeah, and him. wrap around him. And, and then the chains start so singing because it's a Muppet movie. Yeah, <laughs> because it's a Muppet movie and the chains are Muppets. And I'm just sitting there like, this is a fucking kick-ass song. Mm -hmm. And like, like it, it's it's not, I don't know, it's just really good. It's a lot of fun and just like the two Marleys, like, just like A, telling Scrooge, if you continue down this path, you're going to be more fucked than we are. Now it's... B, doomed scrooge we you're doomed for all yeah. time yeah they're like we in loved it. we loved it mm -hmm. we loved it we're so bad we <laughs> loved every second of it but here's the other thing this version of marley and marley um do feel like these ghosts okay so my pro let's go to the 70s version so i can talk about I the wolf what a weird performance this was okay thank you yeah okay he, he's this like, he's like moving around in like all of the and i get I, I think the point of it was like oh he's a ghost he's like floating this felt like a dude who's been like classically trained who is milking it for all it's possibly worth <laughs> he so do you know who this actor is nah it's alec guinness i who the fuck i know who that is I'm Ben him. Kenobi from the original trilogy. Fuck you! No, I'm dead serious. And he he's like he's like moving around and he's just he does he does this fucking thing with his hand. He does the weirdest performance. It's the worst. And and he's wearing I... he's okay, he's wearing this handkerchief chief that's holding his uh like face. You know, how help man. Like 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 a death mask. No, like um like in in movies and I assume actual old timey doctors or whatever, if somebody had like a toothache they would have this like oh, yeah, 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 have yeah, yeah, the yeah. handkerchief tied around. Okay, in the book, that's because he takes it off and his jaw falls off. And that doesn't happen and I don't know why. I think it's just it's the seventies, they were severely limited to what they could do. Then why'd uh, they give him some... the damn handkerchief? 
I, hey, listen, this whole performance is baffling to me. It's like every time he shows up and he just fucking undulates his arm in the way yeah. that he does. Like, it's so weird. It's and, like he's dancing to the beat of a drum that you can't hear. And then Scrooge gets ghost abducted, which is like a fucking weird way to take it. But he gets like dragged out the window by Marley, who, who Alec Guinness apparently is like, yeah, this is it. This is what your afterlife's gonna be like flying around up here, which is weird because then they do a different thing, but fine. And then yeah, Scrooge, okay. like, wakes up. The fire comes back I, on. But here's... I absolutely love the transitions in uh, the 1970 movie mm-hmm. where every time, like, instead of taking him back to the house, he would just wake up. I'll tell you why I did not enjoy that. It's because every time Scrooge is like, oh, a dream. It's like, no, it wasn't a fucking dream. It happens, like, every time. In the well, end, he's not even time. 100% convinced it was real. And that bothered the hell out of but, me. But, 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 yeah. but, 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 what I want to talk about before but, we get into but, this but. is, even though Marley and Marley are, like, real unrepentant, it feels like they showed up to Scrooge to give him a warning because they were his only friends, which is yes. how I read it. That that yeah, the totally kind of the reason well. Scrooge is saved is because he did manage to make one friend who decided that it would be a good idea to go try to help his only friend in the world. Yeah, right. Like, the... but the seventies Marley later really seems to fucking enjoy Scrooge getting his comeuppance in hell. Yeah, and that yeah, well, I mean, really bothered me. Like, why does Marley want that? Well, okay, so so my my understanding of it in the seventies film was like like they weren't just partners; they were like they were partners, right? At the same company, they worked together, and to me, it really felt like they, they both had this competitive edge. And so Marley is seeing it like, even if we both lost, you, you lost, lost more. more than I did. Jeez, that's you lost I, more. You I, lost heavier. What a bad I friend. Never, I, I think, yeah, no, but that's the thing, right? It's like Scrooge is a bad person. It would make sense that the one friend he had in the world, or the two, would be bad. They would they would be bad people. And I think... Hey, quick time out. I love that we have to keep referencing the fact that they split Marley into two people for the Muppet version. For the Muppet, just like, oh, we can't just use one of the Muppets. Well, really, not if they're gonna... You, though, I, there's, gotta be, there's gotta be a Muppet somewhere. It was a good joke. It was, well, and they um, were very I good. Want, I really enjoyed that. God, fuck, man. I want to talk about something that uh, the 1970s movie does that the Muppet movie does not. Is it is... Scrooge hiding a bunch of shiny shit under his piss pot? Because I want to talk about that, too. What was that? No. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I realized, I don't think I saw that. There's this weird <laughs> moment where Scrooge, like, I don't know, hides some gold under his piss pot? <laughs> well, he also like he also before he goes to bed like ties gold around his neck and hugs it to sleep. Yes, he does do that. Which what a fucking weird dude. No, I want to talk about Bob Cratchit. Um, oh, because yeah, we because, actually uh, skipped next... Bob Cratchit going home on both in both of these. Well, that, so that's the thing is the nineteen seventies movie. We don't just see Bob Cratchit go home. We see him go pick up two of his kids. His, yeah, he picks up two of his kids and they like run around. and They do all their Christmas shopping mm-hmm. and. And it's such a beautiful scene, and Bob Cratchit is such a fucking good dad. It's like, really good, and it's it, it it's, has, and it, what it has is it has, like, a good small moment of kindness between two people who are super poor. And 
I really like that because he, he he's what's he doing? He's buying four gifts for a dollar. Yeah. And yeah, or the, four bit four gifts for a, for a tuppence. Hey, yeah. Hey, nineteenth century England, huh? What did their yeah. money mean? But he he buys he buys four gifts, and um, the guy gives him one more because he knows he has five kids. Yeah, and it's... and stuff like that's a really good that's a good snapshot of what Scrooge is missing. But, but I, I think I think my favorite my favorite thing about Bob Cratchit is the way he talks to his kids. Like mm. like he keeps he keeps saying things like like oh, we're gonna we're gonna have biggest feast in all of London, like so big she could make it like he has this like like love mm-hmm. of christmas that he wants to give to his kids and and the magic comes from him and yes. all of this talking and all of this like fa- uh, fancifulness that he gives to all of his children and like and i will say loved him uh-huh and every second he was on screen and i will say uh i will concede this i think kermit the frog makes a fucking good cratchit but the reason he works as Cratchit is because you already like Kermit the Frog. He doesn't need to work very hard to be Cratchit. No, people already like me. <laughs> and he gets a good song. They both get a good song. They both get a really good song. But as a Cratchit character, the seventies version's probably stronger. Yeah, he and I, I think and honestly it's cause they just spend all this. They time spend some with time with them. Like, yeah. And and he's set up as kind of being the foil for Ebenezer, right? Like mm-hmm. like like look at like him anything doesn't even give him the time of day and yet he is having such an amazing holiday with his family Mm -hmm. and scrooge has to hug a small bag of money and go to bed before nine i'm glad we wrapped around and talked about that i'm i'm shocked i'm shocked we jumped over it i absolutely and and to be fair like my biggest thing is i think we're talking about the muppet version of the time and there's not really much to talk about because Kermit just goes home. Well, there's they they do a song and they do the thing. I think they actually do it in both movies, uh, the sliding on the ice thing. But the thing is, in the Muppet version, it's a bunch of Muppets doing it. Yeah. Uh, which is so it's like a good little Muppet scene, but it's not the whole Dickensian England thing, which is kind of yeah. more important to um to this story. to the story. Yeah. So did that's it, that's probably why say... I jumped over it. I want to I want to say before we get into Act Two proper, mm-hmm. did you know that uh, this 1970s movie was going to be a musical, or were you pleasantly? I did not. I was surprised. Like I was. Yeah, um, and, that and sort of jumped I, out at me. I think about the time uh, that uh, after the Cratchit scene, when we're getting back to to Scrooge, I was realizing, oh, geez, these are both movies are going to be musicals. That's going to be very interesting because they're going to tackle music in a different way. And they really do. Yeah, I, was... I do want to say about the music in the '70s version. I liked all the songs. However, they all felt. I felt like individually, the songs in the '70s version were probably stronger. But yes, in the as like single tracks. Yeah, but in the Muppet version, they all felt like they were interconnected in a way that I didn't feel like they did in yeah. the '70s version. So I thought it would have been like a better um, musical album, if you get my yeah, meaning. Cause... Like, because you get the whole story from the Muppet songs, but you don't get the whole story from the 1970s movie. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm are, going with it. Yeah, like the songs are their own scenes, but they don't hold up the entire act. Mm-hmm. And that's just two different ways of making a musical. But I'm more, yeah, u- sure. I'm more used to the way the Muppets did it, and I think I more appreciate the way they did it. But that's I, not to say that this, all the songs of the 70s version are good. 
they're fantastic. Yeah. Really I was I was actually like the entire movie I was like waiting for a bad song and I was really cuz I don't know like just musicals in particular like they just always have that one song that yeah that like doesn't work and jive with you and uh this song was strong like the whole way through mm-hmm. um the music wise honestly the one fucking weird thing about this movie to me was just marley who was so weird marley was so weird <laughs> so though weird. <laughs> I, I cannot stress enough to the listeners how weird he was yeah you can go okay look up like, scrooge 1970s jacob marley because he's weird he's and he like moves or he like moves his hips and his arms in a weird way. It's Apparently, so weird. sorry, I'm just like reading about this right now. Apparently, he was in a harness and he got a hernia doing it. Why was he in a harness? Well, oh no, wait, he was flying at one and point. It's probably then. And, yeah, and he like needed surgery. Oh God. God. Oh Alec. Oh no. Movie that he likes. Before we get to the first ghost, I do just have another Rizzo line, which is "God save my little broken body." Which is probably the the Rizzo line everybody remembers from the Muppet version. It's also really good. But you want to get to the first ghost? Yeah. Which um, ghost do you so want to do first? Let's talk about how fucking creepy. Let's talk about how fucking creepy that Muppet ghost was. Holy okay. shit. We it can. Is the scariest goddamn thing I have ever seen in my life. I want it's to talk about why I really like how creepy this ghost is, okay? And it's wispy hair. It's like ah. an ethereal, creepy child. And the reason I like this is tonight. because... Here's the reason I like this. I have never seen, except for in the Muppets movie, a version of the ghost that sound that looks like the ghost in the book, which is a child. A, like, yeah, very pale okay. child that also kind of looks like an old man. <laughs> Yes. That's what it is. And this creepy ass ghost is like a little child that also kind of looks like an old man. man. And it's really good. It is distressing. And here's here's my problem with it. Okay. Is that that child is the scariest thing in this movie. That's not true. The ghost of Christmas Future looks like no, it looks no, like it's Tony. like scarier than a regular Dementor. <laughs> no, no, my my dude, this little boy is the scariest thing I've ever seen. I think it's a girl. Whatever it is, this non this non-conforming genderless. It's definitely spirit. non-conforming. It is the spirit of it says like almost nineteen hundred other Christmases. Let's okay. Yeah, so man, so we have this I, creepy this creepy child ghost that takes Scrooge's hand and is like uh, this is where this is when uh, this is when Go, uh, what, Gonzo and Rizzo yeah Gonzo and Rizzo they yeah so this is when they hang off of they, uh, Michael Caine's dick and fly away into the sky with them great so meanwhile in the seventies. The ghost of Christmas past in the 70s is, like, one of those old British women that's sick of your shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, in the 70s version, Scrooge delivers that great Dickens line, which is, to be woken by a ghost at one in the morning is hardly conducive to my welfare. Yeah, yes. It's a really good line. Yes. Um, This, to me, is where I think the two movies break apart. Because because this is where the 1970s movie really becomes, like, a character piece. They spend so much time in the past because they want their version of Scrooge to be really about this broken guy, I feel like. Yeah, like, like they wanted to show us every facet of why this man is 
broken and and also and also just the fact that it is his fucking fault. Mm-hmm. Like and like in the... everything that he did is his fault. Mm-hmm. And in the um in the Muppet version, they're just trying to show you this is how somebody starts and could become like this. They don't spell it all out the same way. And there is not so much. Yeah. There is there is a, a good deal of of regret, but there's not so much like Scrooge being fucking broken by the end of it. <laughs> there, yeah, like the the emotional performance of Finney at the end of this second act is so. It's really fucked up because why don't because we like, hit, like Michael Caine? I'm sorry. Why don't we hit all the past in one of the movies and then all the past in another one of the movies? Why don't we yeah, start with the let's, '70s let's do it, let's movies? Start doing it that way. Well, let's let's start with the '70s yeah, so, movie because it has such a deep past bit. Yeah. So so the 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 '70s movie opens up with this kind of like like opening of like like uh, standing in the snow, mm-hmm. watching all of these kids celebrate uh, uh, Christmas Ween. Like they're all dressed up in like costumes, and I don't know if that's a thing that I, people used to do for Christmas. It might have been. It sounds it, sort of like something it, that could have happened. It feels very Victorian, right? Yeah. Like Doesn't just it? Also throw that in there, and also kids dress up. Fuck it, why not? Yeah. So, and then it just kind of cuts to Scrooge being inside of this schoolhouse, and there, there's like an aside. There's like an aside mention that like, like the reason he was there is because he felt like his dad didn't want him. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. This is important it's... because the first thing we see those kids in, those kids singing and wearing costumes. One of them is his sister. One of them is his sister. Which is important because, well, the other movie doesn't do that, which is f- fine. It felt like a very Dickensian thing, but also the version of The Christmas Carol I listened to, they didn't mention his dead sister, so I don't know. And, that, and, that, and that's the thing, right? Like, like, so, so like his sister's out there, and he's just, you know, he, he's deciding that it's me to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to stay here and continue studying. Like, this is, this is more time for me. And, like, the set design, I think, from the first act of this movie is amazing because they, they, they spent so much time and effort making the sets mm-hmm. so dirty and grungy and oily and gross. And, like, everything has this, like, thin layer of grime on it in the future, in the present, mm-hmm. that the past just doesn't have. The past is, like, brightly lit and, like, every like like has such a different color palette that you're immediately like, oh, these were happier times. It also the emphasis is on Scrooge's aloneness because when we cut to him inside of the schoolhouse, the color palette kind of goes back to that faded multi gray. It's also a good framing device. So as Scrooge starts to rediscover his past, and there's some in the there's some of this in the schoolhouse, and then more of it at the party. They're powerful scenes because it lets you develop empathy for this guy at the same time as he redevelops empathy for his fellow man. Because, like, in the schoolhouse, he talks about... He's looking at the sad kid, and he thinks, I should have given money to that caroler. Yeah. By the way, there were carolers in both versions, and it was... Yeah. It was actually pretty funny in both versions. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I do think, though, that 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 line... Because he just kind of just says it without thinking. Yeah. He just like... And he just kind of, like... And and the the ghost of, of Christmas past kind of tries to prod him about it, mm-hmm. and he's just like, no, it's just there was a young boy earlier today, and I should have given him something. Mm-hmm. And 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 the whole movie is filled with moments like that. We kind of cut to his first job. 
I forget what the name of his boss was, but here's the thing. The... I remember Fozzewick, which cannot be the real name. That must be Fozzie's I name. It, I, think it, I think it was Wizzlewick or something Okay, like that. yeah, that sounds right. Like, it was equally ridiculous. It's equally ridiculous, which is why they managed to put a movie. bear into it. And I read Fozzie, and I was like, that's not it. That sounds right. Right. Oh, wait, Fozzie Bear. I remember Fozzie Bear. Tony was talking about Fozzie Bear. Um, God, by the way, God fucking bless us watching... Uh, I'm up a movie before this because it really it really helped. <laughs> um, but um, uh, uh. There, there's a moment uh, when his uh, his boss is like throwing this amazing this like lavish Christmas party. He's inviting mm-hmm. all of his friends, and at one point Scrooge says something along the lines of like I could never throw a party like this, and the ghost says Why not? You have the money. And he's like It's not about the money. Look at it. He's yeah he's a character. He, he made he, us. He, has, he made us feel. Yeah, that's a great. And... That's also from, from just straight from the novel. There, there's so many great lines that I learned later. There's, yep, this one is right out of the book. The book, and, and I, I, I fucking hate it. I, it's infuriating, right? Because he, he said something about like it's nothing to do with money, and I'm just sitting here like, like, can you hear yourself? Yeah, like you don't have this thing, uh, but you still work to, just to get all this stupid money. Money. Uh. I fucking just, I just wrote right here in my notes. Young Ebenezer can get some. <laughs> <laughs> and he can. He's a handsome dude. He can. Really square jaw. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've never seen a a man with a squarer face than uh, <laughs> Michael Finney. I think his name is. I've said it a couple times. But you said it like a million times. I think it's Michael Finney. Uh, I really hope it's Michael Finney. So yeah. So he meets Wizard's daughter. Finney, son of a bitch. God damn Albert it. Albert Finney. Okay, so I was right early on when I said don't call him that. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you said that I was like, I feel like I have his name wrong. <laughs> um, so, so uh, the movie the movie then cuts to uh, after the party, it kind of cuts to this like, like, uh, like uh, him and his job in the future, and how he's a, he was supposed okay. to get married well, to well, the, there's, his there's, boss's daughter. There's this, there's this moment like in between where it's like, there's a song yes, that, yes, that 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 Scrooge like sings in the back of his head about how great she was, and there's this moment where he's like reading, and she closes the book, and they like, I don't think they actually kiss because I think her parents are right there. But like they 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 very in in kind of a Victorian way like don't kiss but you know they yeah, want like... to but her parents are right there <laughs> and and because I'm me I was like man nobody bookmarked that book oh <laughs> no, he's gonna I, come back to this that, book not gonna know what page bet, he's on <laughs> I bet he's one of those people who memorizes what page he's on oh my god so, that's what my is. sister did that's what my sister did and it infuriates me to this day like how. How do you do that? I close the book and I immediately forget what page I was on. <laughs> I could stare at that number for hours. The moment I, bu- I close that book, it's gone. Um, um, <laughs> this is a good, so <laughs> good tangent. So we go to his um, where he's he, he's um he's doing some sort of books. He's doing yeah he's doing ledger work and yeah. um she's walking in and she's like I'm fucking leaving and he ah oh, this scene is amazing it's very powerful because old scrooge is there and he's yelling and talking the entire time and i got and god bless the they they like i as much as i kind of dislike the fact that they went with this kind of 
elder Victorian lady as the ghost of Christmas past. Mm -hmm. There's a great moment where she oh. tells him during this scene, please be quiet. I'm trying to I'm, listen I'm to trying to drama. listen. Yeah, that's that's the only reason I liked her as the ghost of Christmas past. Same, when she's just like same. Yeah, when she's just like, no, hey, dude, <laughs> I'm watching a movie? Could we not? I'm trying to watch your marriage fall apart. <laughs> uh, and I like the way that this scene ends because um She tells him that he has fallen for a new love, which is money. And that if he had met her now, he wouldn't even love her. And Scrooge is, like, old Scrooge is freaking out. And young Scrooge, he says something awful, like, I can't talk about this during business hours. Yeah, you know I don't talk about my personal life during business hours. And so she leaves. Oh! Oh, the scale! Is that what you're going to talk about? Huh? The scale! The scale! Yeah. Really good imagery? <laughs> <laughs> she yeah she like plops the ring onto the scale and then drops a handful of money onto the other side and it just oh my god but but the movie the the 1970s film does this thing where at the end of every ghost it he wakes up in bed and there is something very distressing uh and i think it's the most effective at the end of this act because he wakes up like sobbing and crying oh yes and it is there is just something about watching an old man cry mm -hmm. that that was something i really liked it in this scene and i i kind of couldn't stand that they kept doing it uh but it was yeah yeah no i and i get where you're coming from but it really yeah. is it's very powerful in this one mm -hmm. let's talk about the muppets yeah let's talk about how the muppets handled christmas past let's talk about how the muppets handled we talked we already talked about the creepy ghost muppet baby i really genuinely okay i'm gonna say I, this now i love I really... all of the uh ghosts in the Muppet. i love all the spirits in the muppet version they're perfect they're like perfect babies i agree man there's a <laughs> fight there and we're gonna talk about this in act two there is a fight in my heart uh over which ghost of christmas present i like more really okay because yeah, they're both really fucking good for different reasons i okay yeah is is the ghost of I, I want to ask, and I, I know this is kind of out of this out of the timeline, but is the ghost of Christmas present like a Muppet? Is that is he like a dude from something, or is he just like an all original? No, I think this is actually one of the things I really like about this movie. All the spirits are just made for this. I think the okay, little creepy ghost baby thing, and the big yeah. old Hagrid looking guy, and yeah, that's... I. That's who you reminded me of. Yeah. If you ever watched the Blackadder Christmas Carol, oh. they got Hagrid to be the ghost of Christmas yeah, present, yeah. and the dude was born for that role. He just looks like the ghost of Christmas present. It's... He's a giant dude who so, looks real jolly. He's a, he's a very, he's a massive man. And a very, very happy guy from what I hear. So, so. Uh, the Muppet version, I don't have much to say about it. Okay, um, so we, we drop off, it's not in spirit and not really in tone, but in setup, it, it starts yeah. much the same way as the 70s version, which is Scrooge sees a bunch of his school friends. The reason I kind of like this is because Scrooge points out that he used to be able to make friends. <laughs> like, he points to these kids, he's like, oh, he was my best friend. And this guy, this fucking asshole, had a best friend once. Like when yeah, he was a, a kid. a long time ago. Yeah, but, but I enjoyed that. I I enjoyed that, like, little it, bit of character. 
I think I think my favorite part though of this of this scene is the next moment when they walk into the schoolyard and he's okay and but... he's studying and he and and uh, Scrooge kind of talk starts talking yeah. about like like well I needed I need I it it was a good time to get ahead in my studies yeah and he likes to do all of these things he quietly tries to convince himself that he enjoyed being alone at Christmas and and, and he just gets quieter and quieter. Mm-hmm. And the Ghost of Christmas Past does something that I genuinely don't think is done in any version of this story, which is she takes him through his entire childhood, and he has to watch himself be alone on Christmas every year, and he says nothing ever changed, and she says, you changed. I think I think that my favorite my favorite line is is what they said they they say something along the lines of like like and this was the beginning of a lot of lonely Christmases yeah and then they go through and you just see this like what a, and what an interesting like montage it was too because it's like it's like kind of fast forwarded but like every time young Scrooge would get up and walk somewhere he would age yeah a little bit just a little bit at a time it was such a fantastic sequence. And yeah, and just the just that line, you know, like just, just, just you did. You were you are what changed. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I talk about how like you liked this really movie, good. right? Like maybe you liked that other movie more, no, but I, you I, liked I... this movie because <laughs> I was talk about it later. I I was very worried we we're gonna have a real fucking fight about it again. Uh, no, let's no. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so we we'll see the later. headmaster of the school ready to see. Scrooge my off. My favorite Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> the only Muppet I like. Sam the Eagle, who is... I want to talk for a bit. Frankly, not because... not supposed to be in this movie, and it's kind of amazing. So... so <laughs> but did, can we talk about... You... Even before we talk about whatever... A very important thing you're going to talk about. Can we just get his <laughs> big line out of the way? Yes, yes, please. <laughs> so he starts telling Scrooge about, you know, how how he's going to be a man of business and a man of industry. And he goes, it is the American way. The American way. And then Gonzo whispers in his ear and he goes, oh, it is the British way. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, okay, go. Uh, I also really liked his other his other line where he's kind of like you're you're gonna have a strong foundation just like this school, <laughs> right? And then meaning to fix that show. <laughs> oh, uh, and the kid who plays Young Scrooge delivers a very good yes headmaster. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. Uh, um, so so I want to talk for a bit because one of the big things that we got into an argument about in the last movie, okay. in the last Muppet movie we watched, a Muppet Treasure Island was you trying to describe to me what it felt like to see a Muppet that you recognized playing a particular role mm. and me trying to explain to you how I never I never felt that the entire fucking movie because I don't know anything about the Muppets and then and then watching this movie when Sam the Eagle walked on screen I was like oh I get it oh all of it makes sense now the entire last movie made complete sense to me in that split moment. <laughs> like, like what a joy! You, what, it's like, like you, just an unfettered. It's like it's like watching an uncle that you haven't seen in a long time walk into the house. You're like, oh, I fucking like that guy. It's, it's 
So people people like Muppet movies, but you watch the Muppet movie for your favorite Muppet. You're ready for you're ready for fucking uh you're ready for Gonzo to show up. You know, are you ready for Miss Piggy or something? And man, I'm always ready for Sam the Eagle. He is he is good. <laughs> oh gosh. I Merry Christmas, Andy. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, the true Christmas miracle. <laughs> Andy gets the Muppets now. <laughs> uh there's something I wanted to say. Um the sound editing in this version is very different from the seventies version in that in the 70s version, Scrooge kind of interacts more with his... Environments. Yeah, with his environments, even though they can't interact with him. And in the Muppet version, they make it real clear when Scrooge is commenting on something that he is an outside observer looking in. And that's yeah. mostly done through, I think, very subtle and good sound editing. Yeah, and I'm not saying a... that one is better than the other. I just think that they it, it does it very well. Yeah, and the, like, like even, and it's very subtle stuff too. Like, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but like Michael Caine and the ghost lines are very kind of tinny, mm. almost echoey. Like they're like they're standing on a stage. Yeah. Um, but all of the all of the like lines of the people in the past or in the present uh, or in the future are, are are full sound to them. They're in the present, but to but to Michael Caine, to Scrooge, and to the ghosts hey, that they are watching. I will say I kind of wish that they gave Michael Caine more to interact with. That um, is, hmm. And like it doesn't, it doesn't. Again, it doesn't add anything, and it doesn't take away anything from the story. It just would have been nice. Well, uh, I to see Michael Caine interact a bit more with some of the Muppets. Think, I think I disagree for the reason that I was very drawn in by the fact that what was happening to Michael Caine always seemed... To Michael Caine Scrooge always seemed other. It was immutable. That kind of... That kind of allowed for it to be a Muppet movie, too. Because it meant that he was, like, looking at a bunch of Muppets interacting. And he could... He could be an outside observer of this. And that would make sense. You understand what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Um, I get it. And I just... it sort of allows the movie to have two different tones during it. Yeah. I... And I think it did it very well. I think it did it very well up until a single solitary line. Do you want to say that line now or later? No, no. We'll, we'll, when we get to that line, because that line infuriated me. Okay, that's that'll uh... be interesting. Um, so, so let's, you want to hop forward to the party? Yeah, let's talk about the party. Uh, I don't have a lot to say because Fozzawick's version of the party is, I do feel like, not as interesting. And we don't get as much characterization. There's except no, there's no... we do get to see Marley and Marley younger, which I like that. I like that they got to be in the movie again. <laughs> <laughs> and they're heckling uh... Fozzie as he's given his toast. That's good. It's just good. Something that I didn't like mm. is the... In 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 the 1970s film, like one of the big things I fucking do not know what his real name is. One of the things that uh, I'm just gonna call Bobby Wizzywick, Fozzie, Wizzywick, whatever it is, Fiddlesticks, I genuinely Fiddlesticks, whatever. Old Boss has in the 70s film that Fozzie just doesn't have is this air of 
Like, people are here because of me. Yeah, you know what? That's absolutely true. I don't think Fozzie can hold a room. That's that's <laughs> that's the joke of Fozzie. Like, it, it, the point of Fozzie is that he's, like, a bad comedian who can't make people laugh. And that's not the point of that character. <laughs> so, I get it. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. It's it's very unfortunate. Um, I also don't think this movie handled the breakup scene as well as the last one. I didn't hate but it. Although, I, I did find it. out that there's a whole cut song called When Love Is Gone. Son of a bitch. That Belle sings. And it it matches up tonally with Tiny Tim's song later. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, but I think I it's think... cut because they probably didn't want to drag the whole romance bit for too long. I feel like that's what they were doing. Like, trying not to get into the romance bit as much because they were making it for kids. Yeah. Um, and, and you're and right. It doesn't... It just... It's not as strong. But on the other hand, it feels... It feels very it much works. like a real breakup. Yeah, it works really well. Because she's talking about how he always says, oh, we're going to get married next year because this year I haven't made enough money to support us. And she says, like, you've made a lot of money and we'll be fine. And she she says that he's, but you know, it's... become more and more obsessed with money and cares about her less and less, which is the same, but it's more about he thinks he's doing this for her. Yeah. And that feels very real to me. Uh, that feels like a real thing that people have broken up before because somebody is, somebody is is doing too much fucking work and not spending enough time at home, it. and they think they're doing it for their family and their family hates them for it. We we talked about it earlier, right? It's, it's like it's like the, this obsession with the grand gesture when it's, it's yes, it's being it's being absolutely there. yeah, yeah. He pulls uh, a real Prince the Derek. Smallest gesture that does. Yeah, he yeah exactly. He pulls a real fucking Prince Derek on her, and uh, and she smartens up and leaves. And I think, as much as I don't think that that scene is as emotionally strong as in the '70s film, uh, I think that Michael Caine's performance is. Yeah, he does. A, they don't do the sleeping thing. He he sits down on the bench, and he tells he, he asks the ghost why it's torturing him, and the ghost says it's not his fault that. That your past sucks, dude. Um, it yeah, doesn't like, say it quite like, like that. Showing, yeah, it says it more like a creepy like, kid. I, it's like I'm showing you what's there. Yeah, and then Scrooge is sitting on a bench crying, like not really sobbing, but like sad. And he says yeah. he he doesn't want to see anymore. And then he's sitting on his bed. It's much more subtle than the '70s movie. Again, I can for scene for scene. I can't really say that one did better than the other. They just did different, and I overall again I overall yeah, enjoyed the Muppet version, but for but but I, I I cannot swear that one is better when watching them. I mean I I mean I can, but <laughs> the, you're right, the Muppet version. No, you son of a bitch. Yeah, fight me, bro. In fact, I actually do have some opinions on this the '70s version of Christmas Present. Yeah, so. If there's one thing I loved about the the 70s version of Christmas Present is I could watch this guy dunk on Scrooge. He's so hostile. Christmas Present is never depicted as hostile. But he's like, 
fuck when, you like immediately he's like i have had what are these like i've had i have had like 1840 cousins before me brothers brothers before me tell me how bad you were <laughs> and i thought they were overselling you but i can see now that they were underselling you what the hell dude you person. didn't even know this guy i love it it's so good and, and you're... especially like <laughs> i'll keep going Oh man, and like, like he has to like get Scrooge drunk. Off he of, gets uh, Scrooge fucked up on the milk of uh, human kindness before kindness. throwing him out a window. <laughs> okay, here's what I genuinely don't like about this version of Christmas present, and he feels very seventies to me. <laughs> Scrooge is high on the milk of human milk kindness, of kindness, and he's like, "Can I have some more of that milk of human kindness?" And Christmas present's like. No, you gotta go look at the Cratchits now. You can have some of this later. Like, he's pushing a drug on him. And he's like, no, 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 no. Not not until you do your job, Scrooge. I thought thought you were going to talk about that low, that very low V-neck of a robe that Toast of Christmas Present was wearing. No, that's also very 70s. Don't get me wrong. 70% chest hair on display. Very seventies. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I really liked this guy. Like he was so charismatic and like jolly. He is charismatic and and occasionally jolly, but sometimes he just like okay. Here's tonally. Here's what I love about the ghosts. I can't say the word tonally because it sounds too much like my own fucking name, and I sound like a douche. <laughs> here's what tonally thinks of the ghosts. Um. What I love about the ghosts oh my is God, that Tony Lee, how have I not made that pun before? It's it's a crime. What I what I love about the ghosts is that they're not hostile. They, their job is to change Scrooge, but like Marley's the one who says that. They just go take him to look at stuff. And sometimes they do like get jabs in. Yeah. Like in both versions, the Ghost of Christmas Present says that Tiny Tim should die and um what is it? Yeah, if he's going to die, he should go do it and decrease the surplus population. Right, but all that means, but that means he's just repeating what Scrooge says. All they ever do is yeah. is say, this is what's wrong with your life, without actually saying it. But this but this version of Christmas Presents, like, show him. this version of Christmas no, Presents, like, you're you. a dipshit, let's go! You, you're a, <laughs> I, I, sorry, you're a... These are two lines that he actually says that are really great. Okay. You weird little man. <laughs> yeah, he does one. say that. Oh. Uh, another one is, you're a funny looking little creature, which oh. is also very good. And this is when I realized that I have seen this movie. Oh. Yeah, this was the moment I realized it. I didn't, I didn't watch the whole thing, but at some point when I was in elementary school, somebody put this movie on for us to watch. And the reason I remembered is because of this guy. Because the moment he was on screen, I was like, I fucking saw this movie. I remember this specific actor doing this role. Um, It was very exciting to me. I didn't remember anything else, though. Okay. You don't remember Dance Uh, on the Grave or the the fact that this guy fucking dunks on Scrooge for like half an hour? (laughs) And I think that's the thing that I like. I like the fact that he tells Scrooge is an insult to his way of life. Like, mm-hmm. like, and because because Scrooge's entire existence is an insult to Christmas presents way of life. It is like, true. Yeah, it's it's such a good 
dynamic. I think it really culminates when they go see the Cratchits. Because at one point, because uh, because Scrooge asks him like, "What? Well, can I go like see? Can I go like? Can I go inside?" And he's like, "Hey, yeah, sure." Can we it, talk about touch. something that I need to I need to point out right now? Yeah. Um, because it was bothering me through both these movies and when I listened to the book, until I finally decided on what it must mean. So Christmas present means the entirety of Christmas Day not what's happening right now because i was watching this and i was like are the Cratchits preparing food and singing carols at 2 a.m i just i was like trying to figure out what the fuck was happening and what's happened is he takes him to tomorrow what tomorrow will be like quote unquote today later today right exactly he is time traveling just like not much like his he time travels throughout this one day yeah he sees all of christmas day Yes, um, and I I will say in the book because they didn't do this in the, either movie, um, they it's like briefly mentioned that he goes and sees other shit. He seems to spend the most time with the ghost of Christmas Present, and he talks about how they go to like deathbeds and hospitals and just see people being happy in the worst circumstances because it's Christmas. And I want to say that because that's I like it because I like yeah, no, it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. Um, but let's go see the Cratchits now. Well, and that's the thing is like like the I think their character dynamic in the in this in the seventies film really culminates in them seeing the Cratchits because Scrooge asks him if he can go inside, and this is my favorite line in the whole fucking movie because the Ghost of Christmas Present tells him, "Yeah, it'll cost you nothing, which is good news for you, and Dang. they won't be able to see you, which I'm sure is good news for them." <laughs> This guy is a fu- uh, he's fucking savage, man. No prisoners. I love it. I love it. Uh, so the Cratchits are all preparing food. And Tiny Tim and his sister, whose name I can't remember, because she doesn't get a one-liner that everybody remembers in the world, they come in from singing carols, and they've brought, like, they brought, like, some fucking cash for Christmas. <laughs> And uh, Cratchit yeah. praises them and talk about how how Tiny Tim's going to be this great master of industry. I love again. I really love how Bob Cratchit talks. Mm-hmm. He's good in in this Very movie. Good. Like uh, he he like speaks in this like poetic alliteration, mm-hmm. and everything he it's... says to his kids is big. It's big, yeah. Like like his kid because his kids are big to him, right? And so yeah. everything has to be big for his kids. He's such a good dad. <laughs> I absolutely loved watching this guy act this entire movie Um, and also they got a this movie got a really good tiny Tim they got a very small little boy (laughs) uh, with some pipes Mm -hmm. Um, very good tiny Tim is there anything else to say about this scene it's pretty by the books yeah it's Um, pretty much by the book yeah they they do that whole toast to toast to the man who provides the feast and it's sort of revealed to us as an audience that the only person willing to give any praise to Ebenezer Scrooge is Bob Cratchit. Oh, actually, that reminds me of something else that we can't talk about. Okay. Yeah, but yes, um, yeah, Bob Cratchit is... He's just a cool dude, it's... man. He just seems he seems so grateful to Scrooge. <laughs> Which... For what little he has, and he should ha- not yeah. be, but... He shouldn't be. This he is the kind of guy he is. not be. Yeah. Yeah, he's he, he's a very Pacha character. Like he should be. Oh, he's Pacha. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, like he should. Hey, those characters could totally do that. Oh yeah, they could totally do that. Yeah. Uh, they they could yeah. just do this, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I got call. I would love Disney. I would love to see. I would love to see uh, <laughs> a version of of uh, a Christmas Carol in which I forget the actor who voiced uh, Cusco. David Spade plays Scrooge. Yeah, David Spade plays Scrooge and uh, uh, Goodman. I think his name's Chris Goodman or something like that. Plays John? Uh, Bob Cratchit because Goodman is such a big man. <laughs> He's like six foot one, massive. <laughs> and David Spade is such a tiny man. He would maybe be a better Christmas present. <laughs> oh, man. Ugh. But um, oh, I think it'd be fun. Uh... Double casting. Oh, oh, ooh, oh, ooh, ooh! Huh. They have to be in a scene together, dude. <laughs> Man, well, we could do it today with today's technology. I'm not saying it's not possible or anything. I'm saying the audience would look at these people who look exactly alike. Anyway, I feel like the audience can, would get double casting. Okay, Nobody freaks fine. out when they watch Peter Pan. Not for that reason. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> they freak out at the racism. We've Whoa. been referencing a lot of our old stuff. This this episode and that's you know what okay it's good we have enough episodes under our belt that we can do that yeah end of the year um, let's do it fuck man do you want to hop so... over to the next party or do you want to say something well, about cratchit no no let's let's hop over let's, let's talk about uh let's talk about scrooge's nephew mm -hmm. who is throwing a baller christmas breakfast with uh with some friends yeah and his his new wife and he he asks everybody to toast to his uncle Scrooge and his friends are kind of assholes about it because you know what Andy I... let's <laughs> say we were all at a party with one of our friends and our friend raises a glass and says hey I'm I already hate this I have an uncle who's a real asshole but I want to drink to him why would you say <laughs> why would you say why are we bothering to drink to this guy he's the Hosts only family. <laughs> Drink your I, fucking I, wine. <laughs> I I really like Scrooge's nephew in the seventies movie because, like, like he seems to genuinely love Scrooge, mm -hmm. even though he also realizes that there is a, no reason for him to love this man other than the fact that he is family. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he has like a little speech when his when his butt when his asshole friend calls him out, <laughs> where he's like, "Listen, Uncle is a terrible human being, but he's family, and if I can once a year raise a glass and toast his existence, then I know that I am a good person." And then Scrooge says, "If you were in my will, I'd disinherit you," which is a <laughs> yeah. great fucking line. It's really good. <laughs> Who's in your fucking will, Scrooge? <laughs> I don't think I, 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 I just assume that he didn't even have a will. Then it goes to him. <laughs> That's how it works. Motherfucker. Next of kin. Piece of shit. He's only kin. He's not giving it to charity. Oh man. It's all the Bob Cratchit. He didn't even think about it. He's oh, just like, this is the guy I see every day. He'll know what to do yeah, with it. Yeah, I'll just give it to Bob Cratchit. He's... He was like, oh, I gotta fill out a will and looked up and to find the first person he saw. Ugh. Oh man! And then and then they his nephew and the family play. Oh, what do they play? Uh, something it's, like cats. Yeah, it's like an alphabet game. The 
Yeah, so so you have to it's like you have to describe the cat with a letter of the alphabet and you go until somebody can't think of a word that starts with that letter and then they're out. Yeah. Very Victorian era game and I it's, really love how mm-hmm. they play it. It feels very uh Jane Eyre. It does, it does feel okay, yeah. And uh Scrooge gets so was, into this game. But here's again my problem with the Ghost of Christmas Present in this movie is that Scrooge gets into this game because the Ghost of Christmas Present let him drink that milk of human kindness again. Well, so so the thing the thing that gets me, though, right, is he let him drink the milk of human kindness and then Scrooge gets really into this game. Mm-hmm. But we know that the milk of human kindness isn't, like, a permanent thing. It wears off. Right, and he but is still happy at the end of the you, day. Yeah, you get, you, yeah. Get, you, get, you get a feeling that by the end of this entire affair that had a good time mm-hmm. just watching these people play a game from his childhood okay it's... i can i can get behind that i just don't love the milk of human kindness i no i get you it's a weird thing yeah it's a weird it's... It, it again it felt very 70s yeah it really did you have some lsd yes <laughs> it stands for milk of human kindness those that's what those letters start with everybody knows that la milk of so let's go to the Human Muppet Scrooge, huh? <laughs> <laughs> let's go. What the... a fucking kick-ass Muppet. Uh, right? <laughs> so, so... What an amazing technical feat. So, so we're clear. Um, in the books, the... In the book. Well, you know what? There are like a million books that, that are the same book, but uh, Christmas present is always described as a giant. And what people always yeah. take this to mean is like a big dude who's like a head or two bigger than you, even though you're also big. But how the Muppets did it, they're like, why don't we make him huge, and then he can be dude-sized. And it's... I really enjoyed that, but more than that, I like... Okay, so instead of the milk of human kindness, which is the most unsubtle weird thing I've ever seen, um, (laughs) Scrooge starts making jokes at the Ghost of Christmas present. It seems like just being in the presence of this spirit kind of yeah. makes you a happy g- good job just kind of makes you a happy you. um affable person because scrooge oh. isn't supposed to make jokes mm-hmm. but he's with this ghost and and he starts making jokes about how big his family is and then the ghost of christmas present says Dude, haven't you noticed that christmas is a great time of year and everybody's happy and scrooge kind of goes uh no i haven't noticed that and this is like well you will <laughs> Yeah, and he, he fucking drags him out and starts singing this song that I fuck I love. I love this song. It's a great song. It, uh, it is fantastic. <laughs> the one thing I don't like about this song is I really wanted uh, Scrooge to at some point jump in. Right, and he I, doesn't. And I know he why starts... they didn't do it. I know why they didn't do it because that would ruin the finale of the movie. Right, where he does start singing. Uh, but yeah, I, but I wanted it so bad he does start dancing though but at least start dancing with them yeah he did he does like a little jig it's yeah nice. and he looks so it's he looks so awkward dancing but like <laughs> he, really he like fucking gets into it and i feel like scrooge would look awkward dancing and i'm into it yeah so he says i never knew christmas could feel like this i want to see family so we see the nephew first in this version and yeah. The eavesdropping on his nephew bit is more like the book where they play 20 questions and the answer is Scrooge. And it's like an unwanted pest 
that lives in this city and isn't a cockroach uh, rat or a third thing. And, um... A disease. Yeah, or like a disease. And he gets this fucking look on his face when when his nephew says Ebenezer Scrooge. And, again, the this version of the Ghost of Christmas Present is not savage, but he definitely took him to see the most savage thing he could possibly see. Like, he is tore up about what just happened. Because he's like, oh, family! Oh, a game! Oh. Oh. Oh, it me. It me, though. I'm... Oh, right. I'm... Oh, right. I'm a terrible human being. Oh, yeah. Nobody likes me. Kane has such character in this movie because he really sells that. We talked about this during the last Muppet movie. How there was this sort of shift in Muppet movies where they decided to focus less on the Muppets and have them all be background characters for the humans. Yeah. And I think this movie, this story specifically, is a really good story to do that with. And I... Well, I think... Maybe it didn't work that well for Treasure Island because one of those people had to be a kid and the other one was fucking awesome. But... But A Christmas Carol is just about Scrooge. So it can be just him acting. After this kind of uh, sick burn put upon (laughs) him by his nephew. uh, He wants... He wants to go home. He wants. He's pretty much done, right? He's like, he's like lost all of the merriment. Yeah, you're not not fucking allowed. And how the, this works? Yeah, and the the ghost of Christmas Prison is like, no, we got one more place to go. And do you want to keep going? I okay, you were on such a roll, but okay, we go to over was, the Cratchit's house. I was gonna... <laughs> yes, Andy. I, I was like, I was like on a roll, and I just completely blanked. I was like, what? Okay, we go over to the Cratchit's house and. Mrs. Cratchit is, of course, Ms. Piggy. And, uh, there are, I'm pretty sure, basically unnamed Muppets as three of the children. Just two pigs and a frog. Yeah, they're just smaller versions of their parents. Right. Which is, you know, they're Muppets. So, (laughs) yeah. Bob Cratchit comes home with Tiny Tim on his shoulder, and they do, like, a little scat version of his song from earlier. Ah, that's kind of fun. And Tiny Tim is—he is a Muppet character whose name I can't remember, but he's like Kermit's nephew. He is the smallest Muppet I've ever he's, seen. He's a very small Muppet. They let you know that the that he's sick in such a movie way, but it it really fucking worked for me. <coughs> yeah, which is just the two cough. <laughs> you know, he's talking about how happy he is at Christmas, and he goes, <coughs> and it's, "Oh." He's dying. <laughs> That's how this oh. works. Because in the in the 70s film, they briefly talk about, like... His sickness, right? Like, like a, yeah, because yeah, cause Scrooge kind of asks the, the Ghost of Christmas present, like, is Tiny Tim okay? Is he fine? And the Ghost of Christmas present says, oh, you know, he gets sick every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But if he's going to die... Yeah, decrease the surplus population. I think that's in both and, movies. And this... Yeah, it is. It's in both films, and I think I think both of them do it equally well because yeah. you get the sense that Scrooge genuinely does not want to see the the son of his employee pass away. Yeah, and I think what it partially um, is is he hasn't he still hasn't seen a lot of a happy Christmas yet, 
And this is the first like happy family Christmas he's looked in yeah. on. And yeah, where like and they're doing the whole shebang, like they're cooking the meal, they're mm-hmm. you know laughing and, he can, and having a good time around the table. But he can already see the cracks in it because yeah, the... The, the ghost of Christmas Present says that he sees an empty stool with an unused cane, and that ugh, it's just it's it's. And, and this is heart. when I realized, I, this is when I first noticed the fact that over the course of this entire scene, the Ghost of Christmas Present was getting older. I love the rapidly aging it, present. I that think is that's, so good. I think it's great for a multitude of reasons. One, the idea that he kind of, I don't know if spirits die exactly, but he definitely isn't supposed to be around and on the 26th. Yeah. And, yeah, like he has his day. And the other thing is this this idea that Santa Claus is the ghost of Christmas present on his way yeah. out. It's really good. It's um, very good. I fucking love it. Yeah, and this version leaves Scrooge so, alone in the... In the graveyard. Yeah, and leaves him to sit and like think on what has happened. And he tells him there's going to be one more spirit. So get ready for that. Hey, that was like a surprisingly emotional scene to talk about. So I'm probably going to have some trouble over this next one. Because <laughs> damn. So, so again, in the, in the, in the 70s film, they mm-hmm. have this kind of connecting thing where after every ghost visits him, he wakes up in bed. Yeah. So he is eventually visited by Christmas yet to come. And the ghost of Christmas yet to come takes him to the town square where his business is and there are this, this like this can i talk about the, the ghost of christmas yet to come for a second because yeah go for it i have a lot of opinions on what this character should look like and it's mostly just a mm. dude like a black cloak you know like have you ever yeah. seen hogfather a cloak. you ever seen hogfather yes. you ever seen not how cool time, death yes. looks when he's not in the santa get up <laughs> You mean the... Yes. Yes, Tony. I know what the Grim Reaper's supposed to look Yeah, but, like, specifically the Hogfather version. No, where... yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. The texture to his cloak. Yeah. It's That's... like a tree, but moving. Mm-hmm. So the Ghost of Christmas yet to come in the 70s version looks like a dude who couldn't quite get his hoodie over his head. And... <laughs> <laughs> and... And it really bothered me how, like, not spooky he was. There's a moment near the end where they do uh uh like jump a flash scare. of yeah like a jump scare of of the grim reaper looking thing but at that point I feel like he, he's already lost me. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was very well designed for what the movie was. Yeah, that's was the like. thing. I probably shouldn't judge it too harshly because I'm not sure what they could have done to make a dude in a cloak really look spooky. Yeah. Again, and, I I love the Muppet version, but I think, these were people I who think, really knew how to make a character out of like paper mache or whatever. Yeah, and I think I think like one of the, the the biggest thing about this specific ghost in this specific movie, what makes him scary is his lack of anything. It is just there to show Scrooge these things, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, and. I think this next musical number is very good and very morbid in a way that I really enjoy. Yeah, so do you want to talk about it? It um, clearly it clearly hits you a little harder than it hit me, although I did like it when I watched it. Well, I said so it hit me hard. I just think that it was it's just it's just a lot of fun. Like all of these people that we saw at the beginning of the movie who 
Scrooge kind of put the fear of God into to give him money mm-hmm. are there celebrating and having this great old time. And Scrooge is there like, is it something I did? And like, what did I do to make all these people so happy? And he's so wanting for human approval at yeah. this, by this point that he just assumes that he must have done something amazing. And the the music. It's number, weird that he does. Be- okay, it's. I mean, it's just. I I kind of didn't like that Scrooge was such a fucking doofus. But okay, so well, all these so- people are singing about. Yeah, what's the line? Much. Thank you very much. That's the nicest thing that anyone's ever done for Never me. Done for me. Yes. And there's like a and- big dance number, and the guy who's singing is the soup guy from earlier. Yeah. And yeah. he is tearing up Scrooge's. Ledger, his, his uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, his ledger where he keeps all the, uh, everybody's um debts. As he's doing that, and as he's starting this song, Scrooge, he like he knows nobody can hear him, but he starts giving like an acceptance speech. Like I don't know oh what God. I did, but I love that I've touched you all. And <laughs> as he's doing this, his coffin is coming out behind him, and that gave so me chills. Good. That's very it's good. So good. Like the the farce, right? Like the self importance that he is giving himself. Mm-hmm. If he just turned around for a split second, I, it, I just I love a good dramatic irony. And, yeah, like this is very good. Yeah, and especially because like once the coffin is on the the uh, carriage, he definitely should have noticed singer, at that point. <laughs> the soup guy jumps over and kisses it and straddles it like a horse. And rides it into town and starts dancing on the it. Whole way and is yeah, and he's like, ah, uh, it's such a. And there's even a scene moment. where they're like, they're like, uh, oh god, what happened? Like, a, like a lady yells out the window that they're being too loud because her kid's sleeping, and they and all they keep all singing quietly. <laughs> <laughs> this it's... scene, it's it's a very good scene. It makes the tone of it is so fucking weird. It's so amazing. You know what it feels like? It feels like a joke from a Lemony Snicket book. Fuck. It kind of does. And I loved it. Like like the the sentence, while a crowd of people danced and cheered on his moving coffin, is (laughs) is like a metaphor that Lemony Snicket would give me. And I loved seeing it happen. It's such a it's such a weird thing. The song kind of culminates. They all go to the, they all go to the graveyard. They're like, yeah, everybody's going to the graveyard. And um, I don't remember how Scrooge kind of breaks off. He breaks off from the crowd because he sees that. Does he see Cratchit? Uh, yeah, he sees Cratchit. Okay, see um, this bit got me. Um, and I'm going to admit something that you're not gonna like. Yeah. This bit made me very sad. What they did in the Muppet movie made me sob. Uh-huh. I yeah, was like I actually I do not understand. crying. Um and I'll tell you why. If you I did it, not cry watching this movie because I was watching it in a Starbucks. I'll 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 tell so. you I'll tell you why cuz I real quick want to get this off my chest. In this movie Cratchit is mourning Tim at a grave and he's like telling him he'll visit every day and he kind of breaks and this is very depressing and in the Dickens ver- in the in, in the Dickens version. Yeah, in Charles Dickens' own personal Muppet movie. In the Muppet in the Muppet version. Cratchit comes in and says he got Tim a place on the hill and he says where he can see the and then he stops and his wife says he always liked looking at the ducks. And I started fucking crying. 
Because these two people, instead of showing me a grave, were talking about how their kid wouldn't be able to look at ducks anymore. And I got very emotional. I need to stress a little bit. I may have been very sleep deprived at the time. <laughs> but I'm not going to use that as a defense. I think it was a good emotional moment. <laughs> I I really liked what this film did because it, it has the line, he's been walking a lot slower. Yes, these past... Uh, these past couple of... And in the, in the... In the... I think in the 70s movie it was years. No, really? Yeah, I believe so. I okay. Remember, I think in the film... It's days in the book. Yeah, in... No, in it the, can't be years. Because it's the future. I thought it was next year. I thought that was the big twist for Scrooge. Not that he was dead, but that he's dead next year. Oh, I never got that. I always just thought it was like like some Christmases in the future. No, I'm pretty sure this is next year. And that's uh, why it's so sad that Tim's dead, because Tim's still a young kid, and hey, Scrooge is just one year older, and he's already dead, because probably because he lived in that awful, dude. drafty house. House? That cold manner that he never heated? All alone, with nobody watching to make sure he's still probably. breathing. No, because he died in his office. Oh, he did. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, that's really I like good. that. <laughs> he can't even die. He can't even die in his own home. Yeah, he dies, he dies in his at office. Work. He clearly spends um, his time at work. Like his office is much nicer than his home. Very, and it's but even then, his office isn't great. It's still kind of filthy. No, his his home just sucks like a lot. His office has another yeah, dude office... who probably cleans occasionally. Yeah. Oh, I bet Bob Cratchit also cleans that entire fucking office. Yes. Um, um, even though he doesn't have to and he's not paid for it. I just, I love the line, though, that, like, like he's been walking, maybe it was days, but he's been walking slower these past couple of days, and it cuts to Bob sitting at the gravestone, and to me, what that's telling me is, yeah, Dad's been getting home from work later, but what they don't know is that's because he stops there. He's been stopping oh, at that place every in, day. Okay, so that's in the Dickens version. And I think it's even in the Muppets version. Like, I think that's a good line that they tried to keep. But you know, I... They kept it in the Muppets version, but the, the, the specific But then the door just opens. Think... Right. Uh, I the... I thought... Okay, okay, no, I like that. You're right. But I when I saw that, I thought that everybody kind of did know that he... That walking slower means going to see Tim's grave. I like that. I like that implication you've got there. It's good. It's... Yeah, it's, it's a good scene transition. Uh, Scrooge at this point, when he starts to realize what it like, because like he, I forget what his line is exactly, but it's just something along the lines of like, I have an inkling, an idea of what it is that I gave to these people, and I do not wish to know. Uh, but show me what it is. Yeah, that I've done, and the 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 ghost of Christmas yet to come shows it just points, mm -hmm. like at a grave. And what I like about this <sighs> movie is that he walks up to this like gravestone down to deny it and then the ghost of Christmas yet to come just pushes him into an empty coffin yeah it's mm, it feels like, a little like, heavy handed to me <laughs> it, no it's definitely heavy handed right like you're gonna die dude like, <laughs> you're fucking you dead change. you're like you're, you're a dead man walking right now and I then really like that symbolism and, and then, then the movie he goes, goes down to this this movie Crazy. gets off the fucking rails. <laughs> so then he wakes up in hell. 
in what has to be one of the coolest scene transitions I have seen in a long time, where he's all, he like wakes up in this coffin, and at first I thought, oh, they're doing this like underground shot, and then everything around him starts glowing red, <laughs> steps out of a coffin-shaped hole, and I was like, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen. Okay, here's the uh, thing, though. This is a very boring hell. Like, it's, it's the most boring hell. When they get to his personal hell, that's, like, poetic. But just regular hell where hell is, it's just him and Marley. That's that's hell. And, and, it's just and, like, hot and red. Screaming somewhere. <laughs> yes. It's just hot and red. Marley's like, nobody else wants to see you, so I guess it's me. <laughs> it's just... And... <laughs> You're going to have to explain Nobody this. Nobody else wanted to see you. Yeah. So Marley takes him to his next job. He's going to be he's going to be playing Bob Cratchit's role except his boss is going to be Satan himself. And and this is where the movie started losing me. I was like, "Ugh, this movie's getting a little too religious for me." I think my favorite thing about about the Dickens novel is how it's um, class I mean warfare. It's about it's about Christmas, right? So you'd expect it, you expect Christ to be in Christmas. <laughs> Charles Dickens really took the Christ out of Christmas, and God bless him. For that. But okay, cool. But but my favorite my favorite thing about this whole sequence, which is insane, mm-hmm. is when Marley leaves. Marley leaves and he does this fucking weird little fucking hand thing that he does. Oh, and the hand thing! (laughs) Okay. So, so, okay, so, so. And then he stops. And then he comes back in and he says, oh, I I almost forgot. Oh, the chains! They're still making your chains that you have to wear. They had to employ extra devils to smelt them, and they're just about done. Apparently devils are just oiled up buff dude and, like <laughs> leather executioner's mask and these like six or seven buff dudes just walk in with these ridiculously massive chains mm-hmm. just start wrapping them around scrooge mm-hmm. and scrooge just kind of starts collapsing here's... under the weight of it okay. here's one thing i need to mention though like this is all very symbolic right it's and... like the most Heavy-handed and, symbolism. And extremely heavy-handed. Symbolism. Here's the thing, though. Hell has rats. And they're normal ratins, rats. Regular rats, yeah. And that's the most Dickensian thing I've ever seen in my fucking <laughs> life. But what did those rats do? How do you be a bad rat? Did they spread the plague? Did they eat somebody? <laughs> uh, I think, I, well, I don't think rats are particular towards heaven or hell, right? They just go where they want. Oh, okay, so they're like Mac MacFiegel. My favorite thing about this entire ridiculous hell sequence is mm-hmm. that, that that sequence is only shown in if you buy the movie. But, like, I think what? if I remember correctly, for, the for like, TV releases of the movie, they cut it out. <laughs> because it made no fucking so, sense? Or because it was it, too religious? Because it's too... Uh, not because it was too religious, but because it's just kind of a lot in general. <laughs> I think it's and kind of a the, lot. <laughs> movie that you want to show kids so they just cut out that scene specifically <laughs> so that when scrooge falls into the coffin he just wakes up screaming with like his blanket kind of wrapped, wrapped around, around him like neck. a chain yeah and i realized oh that actually still works if you like cut out that entire scene him waking up wrapped by his own blanket still works really well and i fucking love that whole scene <laughs> it is bonkers i love it 
Okay. It's so good. I'm happy that you love it. That's nice for you. I think it's the uh, most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my no, natural born life. I completely life. agree with you. I completely agree with you. It has no purpose. It like, has nothing. In an otherwise like good and pretty straightforward movie? In, in, in what is otherwise an excellent adaptation, they just kind of threw this in there. Yeah. And I don't know why. Okay, oh, so man. let's jump over to... Uh, to the Muppets version. Which so, we already talked about. We okay. did a little. The Muppet version of Christmas Yet to Come is like an eight foot tall Dementor. And With rubber hands. Well, the thing about Dementors is the reason they're creepy is because they're kind of always moving. And the reason the Christmas, the, this version of Christmas Yet to Come is creepy is because he's never moving. And it is very unsettling when there's like a wide shot of him and Scrooge and you see him towering above Scrooge but not doing anything. Yeah, it's it's very good. It's and, a very well designed Muppet. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's a Muppet? And yeah. you like, don't expect a Muppet movie to double down on the creepy bit. There's also like a moment where it like puts its hand on Scrooge's shoulder and like grabs it. <laughs> and like so like the ghost of Christmas present would like hug Scrooge and point at him, but he had these like fat fuzzy Muppet fingers. <laughs> so it felt very soft and nice. But this Muppet has like rubber and like hands that are kinda human but a little too long. Uh -huh. So when it grabs him, it's like pushing against his skin in his uh it is just really creepy we, you, you know what I wish that these hands were the hands that the alien had in Alien when you said these hands I imagined you doing like jazz hands <laughs> Like I am low key doing jazz scene. hands yeah like, that's like the thing it, in that scene, yeah. well that's what got me about that scene is it was so fucking goofy and if you had weird hands it would look really cool uh, so, what's, so what's more Gonzo and Rizzo fucking leave and I oh, love yeah. this because they, they like purposely say they're not going to be there for the big future scene where stuff is going to get creepy and like very atmospheric in a way that they would absolutely destroy. We already fucked up three quarters of the two thirds of this movie let's not fuck up the last third. How dare so, you. <laughs> so um, I really like this next bit uh, this next scene is really good where we meet this like spiders man. Oh, okay, yeah. This, 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 this spiders man. This P-tier Parker. <laughs> Out of all the Parkers, this one's, very, this one's only P-tier, but that's pretty high. <laughs> and it's buying off all of these, like, stolen goods off of these uh, people. And you realize really quickly that, oh, these are all things that were stolen from Scrooge's house. Yes, and what I love about it is, actually, you know what, there's one line that I love because it's in the novel and it should not be in a Muppet movie, <laughs> which is they talk about how his sheets are still warm. I'm not going to give you extra for the warmth, you know. And she says, well, you should. It's the only warmth he ever had. <laughs> it's really good. It's fucking, a good line. Fucking Muppets, man. What I love about the scene is that Scrooge sees this and he knows this is his stuff, right? Yeah. He, and yeah, he, he immediately he knows it but he's also immediately in denial which i really enjoy he's like i know that this unfortunate soul could be me let's go see something happy and the spirit goes to a happy place and scrooge is like oh it's it's the cratchit house oh it's always so it's so nice here this, this is where christmas is 
is great. And, and and he says, it's so quiet. And he turns around and he says, why is it so quiet, spirit? And god damn it, man. It's <laughs> a good fucking uh, yeah. scene. It is. Michael Caine does, like, some amazing line work in this segment. Only outshines himself in the in the next act um mm. because he does some strong delivery here they like look inside of the house mm -hmm. and uh we see miss piggy and the piglets kind of uh foreshadowing a scene that me and tony have already talked about yeah yeah and then we get to the sad scene tiny tim's fucking dead and then we uh jump to the churchyard and, and... scrooge scrooge is like spirit i know what's coming Spirit, I don't want. I don't, I don't want to do this, man. Can we just? Can we? Can't we just fucking? Can't we just end it here? I get it. I can't get it. Stop. And so he points at the grave. He points at the tombstone, and then Scrooge turns around and says, "Are these the visions of what will come, or what may yet be?" Can. And he just, of course, because he's the ghost of Christmas future, he just points at the tombstone and says, "Ebenezer Scrooge" on it. And then Scrooge starts crying and begging for his life, and uh, then he's he's like pulling on the the spirit's cloak, and then he's pulling on his own curtains. Yeah, it's real good. It's very good. Pray you tell me what day it is. <laughs> now, which boy are we talking to? We're probably talking to this <laughs> to this uh, not the rabbit, huh? Probably the human boy. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, we're talking to this human boy. The human boy. This is, I think, the 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 final musical number of the movie, and I think we can well, talk about both of these scenes at the same time. It's like the final similar. four musical numbers of the movie. Well, I do want to mention <laughs> something about the 70s version. One, there are four music. They go over, like, the best music that's been in the movie and do it all again, yeah. but with Greatest every hits. character and just in a huge parade going down the street. But Scrooge buys the most... And obnoxious toys like i was looking at these toys thinking these are the toys you get for the kids whose parents you hate because they're loud <laughs> and annoying and fragile <laughs> uh, he buys like all of these gifts and he buys like all of this food and all of these turkeys and in a good scene and, well, and, no, and this massive turkey in a good scene that is very much not in the in the original he dresses up as santa Oh, I really love that. And then that's when the kids start singing Father Christmas again. Right. Again, we get the uh, we get like the top five great. songs. So him and like and the friends he makes along the way, <laughs> um, kind of giving gifts to everyone, mm -hmm. everyone he meets. And and then at one point he like sees all of the people who are like indebted to him, and he's like, "You don't know me anything." Yeah, forget about it. Here's your Christmas present. And then he like tears up his own like ledger in front of everyone. Yeah. Like, no, in fact, nobody owes me anything. And then we get the uh, we get the reprise of the future song. That's the nicest yeah. thing that anyone's ever done for me. That's really the one. That's and I think that's the best song in this movie, which is why I hate it so it's much. It's really good. It's it's <laughs> it should not. It's like a very, very good, good song, and it should. You know what it is? There should not be in this movie. You know why, Tony? Because hmm. wouldn't you have loved to see that song sung by Muppet? No, because they do a we they do the best version of Christmas Future I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, the I Muppet Christmas Future. I love no, I Michael Caine like acting seen... against a creepy ass Muppet. 
no, and I understand, but wouldn't you have liked to see Thank You Very Much sung by uh, a cast of humans and Muppets? It would have been very good. Yeah, maybe, yeah. They couldn't do the same dance I'm not number. Saying but... movie. I'm just saying. No, they'd have to change the dance number a little bit. Yeah. Um, see a Muppet tap dancing on a tomb. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> so I have an idea for a movie. <laughs> um, Look, why don't we see so... where we can go with... Uh, <laughs> the Emperor's New Christmas. No, the Emperor's <laughs> New Carol. Before we, uh... Fuck. oh, that's good. That's very strong. Podcast can culminate is with us getting the rights to our own direct-to-video <laughs> Disney sequel, right? Oh my God! Yes. Like we're both experts in the field. We know how to do it right. It just needs to be like a um... half-hour movie. We don't need a lot. 45 minutes. Uh, we could probably, I don't know, let's let's make it an hour. Who cares? We have, yeah. we have, we're going to get that sweet Disney money. Let's make it an hour. I really like this, like, like, like I said, like, they spend a lot of time in this final act. Like, we spend pretty much the whole day with Scrooge. Mm-hmm. And he, like, goes around town. He's giving people all these gifts. There's a point where he runs into his nephew, and his nephew's like, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, this Christmas, is... and he gives a, a, a gift. And then he gives his nephew's wife a gift, and he says, "What do you say? He's like, like think of this as a Christmas present, and also just a belated wedding present." Right. And she like gives him a peck on the cheek, and he's like, "What just? What a sweet girl!" And he, this, this very much when he runs to his nephew, and at the very end, when he says he's going to go see his family for Christmas, that feels like the perfect culmination of this version of Scrooge. Who is so much, much a so. sad, lonely old man more than lonely anything else. He says something along the lines of, like, I hope it's not too late for, like, me to celebrate Christmas with you this year. Mm. And she, his wife invites him to their Christmas lunch. Yeah. I want to say, because I've been referencing it a few times, more than a few times, but in the book version, it talks about how he, like, circles the block a couple times before knocking on their door to go celebrate Christmas with them because, like... The invitation was extended, but he doesn't think, like, his nephew maybe actually meant it. And so he's, like, yeah. really scared about going to going to go celebrate Christmas, and it's really good. And I enjoyed that. It's, that's, that, that actually does sound really cool. Mm-hmm. And then and the then he, he finally winds his way over to Bob Cratchit's part of town. Well, I want to mention, he goes, like, through... A uh, mass getting out and like picks up a hundred more people. <laughs> Fire! It's just this this fucking scene is like seven minutes. It's very long. It's very good. It's good. It it's long. good. It never felt like man. This is getting ridiculous because what, it, it's what, okay. Well, we, it was ridiculous, we, but we just, it, it, we watched a it movie. Was fun. We just watched a movie that had like an extended seven minute song where we were both like. Wow, they're really doing this, aren't they? <laughs> they really shouldn't. Um, but this song, like, you forget because it has beats in the middle where dialogue <laughs> happens and then they go back to singing. Uh, but yeah, it's like really long. It's like really long. And it culminates with him showing up at the Cratchit's house and, and him and like all of these urchins with toys pour in and he hands all of these kids gifts and he turns to leave and Tiny Tim's like, oh, damn. Okay, here's the thing. So... <laughs> So, this is something that's mirrored in the Muppet version and in the Dickens version, but it's always a trick played on Bob Cratchit and not his crippled son. <laughs> like, his crippled, sickly <laughs> son. <laughs> and... 
<laughs> and and then Scrooge is like, oh, I cannot forget oh, this. Uh, what what has to be the least toy toy I have ever seen? It's just very it's flashy. It's a very flashy like uh, 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 merry-go-round, mm-hmm. and he puts it on the table and he's like, "This one's for you, Tiny Tim, the biggest gift I could get my hands on," uh, which I thought was a cute line. Yeah. And then what is my favorite scene in the whole fucking act mm-hmm. is Scrooge turns to Bob Cratchit and he's like, "You still don't know who I am, do you?" And Bob Cratchit's and like, "Bob's like, no." He's like. Father Christmas? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, because he does not know what to fucking say. Yeah, and and Scrooge just does this, like, pull down and let go of the beard, and Bob Cratchit's wife screams. <laughs> like she saw the devil. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm just like, fucking yeah, same. I would too. Yeah, be that makes sense. Right? Ugh. And and Bob Cratchit's immediately like, oh god, something's wrong. I'm dying. Uh, I'm gonna get fired. What's happening? Uh. <laughs> and Scrooge just reassures him, like, no, like it's fine. This is me like, now, to give Bob. Your family the Christmas. Yeah, yeah. This is who I am, Bob. If you you handled me at my worst, then you me at the best. and <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> And and he goes home, and he's putting the beard and the Christmas hat on the doorknob, and he says, "Marley, Marley, Jacob." And he Marley. says, "Like, yeah." And he's like, "Well, Jacob, Marley, or what?" Well, I think he just says Marley, well, or Jacob, yeah, or Jacob. Well, probably Jacob. They're close. I, I've, I, yeah, I've started turning over a new leaf, you know, and I hope maybe if I start working now, I'll get enough done to really change the world or change myself, you know. And uh, and he goes inside his house. And then he says, I'm, yeah, "Now I'm going ends. to go see my family," which is again my favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. favorite it's, thing. It's a... That's like the last closing thing on his character is it's... he has family again. Now let's jump over to a much, much shorter scene. A much shorter scene. A much shorter scene. We get we get Scrooge waking up. We get Scrooge sending the kid to get the turkey, which we didn't really mention, but he gets a turkey for the Cratchits. Uh, Scrooge starts singing a song about how. He's just gonna be a better guy, and now this scene is amazing because Michael Caine mm-hmm. starts singing and dancing. And here's the thing: I don't know if you know knew this, but there was a GQ article that dropped last year about this time with Michael Caine about the Muppet movie, okay, about the Christmas Carol. And Michael Caine mentions that before that, before a Muppet Christmas Carol, he had never sung nor danced in a movie. Yes, awesome, and he. And he has not sung nor danced in a movie <gasps> since. No! Saddest moment ever. He's good at the song. This is a good song. He's, he's real. And that's the thing is, like, he starts singing and I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> really good. He can carry a tune. But he fucking sing. Yeah. And, and he sings a song about how he's just, he's going to try to make the world better. And he's going to make himself better. And he gets this great scene, which I fucking love because so much of this, so much of this movie really hinges on Michael Caine being able to make the right face at the right time. Yeah. And he does, so that's good. He he tells uh, Beaker and Honeydew that he's going to give them so much money. <laughs> and, that much money? And they say, oh, if only there was something I could give you. And Beaker gives him a scarf. And he has this moment of almost 
bafflement, like genuine bafflement at getting a gift. And it's really sweet. Like this is, I mean, the last, the, the seventies movie has the milk of human kindness. This is the first time another human being is being kind to him because he was kind to that person first. And, and, and the, the, like, just like, there's so much emotion that <laughs> leads up to him just saying, thank you. Yes. <laughs> like, like also, so much, also like, now he has like a little bit of red to go with his whole black thing, so he looks a little bit less black. Scary. Yeah, which, <laughs> yeah, he does not look like he does not look like he is out to commit a fucking hit on a. <laughs> now, now speaking of going out and committing a hit on a family, okay, wow, <laughs> what a what a terrible what a terrible amazing joke. <laughs> he. So, so like, 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 like the. Like, to be fair, I guess it's better to pull this joke on Bob Cratchit than Bob. Then in Tiny Tim. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So Michael Caine and the entire town <laughs> get to the Cratchit's door, and he tells all of them, hey, "Wait, wait, wait, go!" Like, he like shoes him away so he can yell at Kermit for a bit. Which, to be fair, I feel it's very therapeutic to yell at Kermit. It, it and I, probably is. I love the dynamic of this scene. Because Michael um, uh, Scrooge is kind of like, you didn't come into work today like we agreed. And Kermit's like, well, we did agree. But I right. didn't come into work today. And he's like, oh, does that seem like something I would say? He's like, well, no. But, I mean, yes. But no. Yes. And then Miss Piggy, com- Piggy comes in. And, and he says, I'm <laughs> giving like, you a raise. And she's like, I'm going to raise you off the pavement. <laughs> Wait. And then she stops, and I love it because when when she comes in, she literally picks up Kermit and swaps places with him. Tells Scrooge that she's gonna punch him. And then he says raise, and she picks up Kermit, swaps places with him again, and says give him a what? <laughs> what a good scene. Yeah. And then they invite him into the Cratchit house and the entire town pours in. Right. And, and because it's because it's a Muppet movie, it's the entire town, which means the Cratchit family, Scrooge, Scrooge's nephew, and just like a bunch of animals, man. Not not <laughs> not his nephew's wife though. No, she's probably real. outside with the horses, I guess. She yeah. was not invited to this party. It's a small house, Andy. First come, first serve. And the the movie kind of ends on this table shot. The beginning, uh, with, yeah, the memorable line. Uh, everybody knows. Well, I was I was gonna I was gonna say it starts another song, but yes, yeah, the God blesses everyone. And then the, the movie kind of leads off in the in the song, mm-hmm. like lobsters trapped in a dark attic. It ends. What? So that's a turn of phrase that Charles Dickens has used. Lobsters trapped in a dark attic. Oh, sorry, like bad lobster in a dark cellar. <laughs> Okay. Still, though. <laughs> yeah, it's still not great. <laughs> I'm sure it made sense in the Victorian era. Right, that's the thing. I liked both of these movies a lot. Um, they. I really enjoyed the Muppet movie more, but I would definitely watch Scrooge again. Like, at Christmas, if I wanted to I see a good musical movie. I absolutely loved Scrooge. The music, the set dressing, the acting in it. Bob Cratchit in that movie is just a fucking delight to watch mm-hmm. him act. Do you have any final thoughts? I'm going to say again really did. that the Muppet version of the Spirits are maybe my favorite versions of the Spirits I've ever seen. They fit so well. When a when a franchise does something like this, you expect 
like you expect the first spirit to be Huey, Dewey, or Louie. You expect oh, the last spirit to be Mickey in a hood. You know? Uh, they only did that in Kingdom Hearts, right? I know that Mickey was in a hood, but he... Hey, hey dude. <laughs> Let's pretend I do know they did that in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Scrooge, um, if you don't change your ways, you're gonna get fucked up. But my point is, they didn't do what I would have thought was the obvious, which is put popular characters as the spirits. Instead, they made spirits that felt like the, the spirits in the story, which I really enjoyed, and you don't usually see with these kind of things, because everybody has done a Christmas Carol, and none of the ones yeah. from different franchises are really any good. Um, it's a lot. Like a Christmas Carol is like one of the like I was I said earlier it's like it's one of, it's like the Christmas story right like yeah everybody knows it and... and we talked about it a little bit earlier it's kind of the Christmas story that I can still stomach as an adult oh yeah easily ah uh, it's not again it's more about class inequality than it is about the institution of Christmas right and it's about being able to celebrate a time when people should be happy even though they're not choosing to make others happy. Because that's what you should be doing, and not because that's what everybody does. Like, it's not like, oh, we're all happy because it's Christmas. It's like, we're all happy because we decided to be happy on Christmas. Thank you for listening to Direct Video, and Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year's, and Happy Holidays. Yeah, just because Happy Holidays. There's a lot of holidays that I just don't know about that you celebrate that I don't. <laughs> That I celebrate? Yeah, and he celebrates a lot of holidays. Oh, right. Sorry. That, yeah, yep. Uh, I was clearly I talking to the listener. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I just, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like, what holidays do I celebrate that Dunny doesn't? Andy just walked right into the fourth wall and just broke it all over his I, face. No, no. If anything, you walked past, you walked through the fourth wall and then I to follow you. I stopped. In trying Wait, to follow me, you Tony. still smacked against the fourth wall, but uh, just well, happened behind Tony, me. Fucking platform. You platform nine and three quarters your way through the fourth wall, and I just couldn't follow. I up. did, but it was very good. Um, it was like a Muppet esque fall, though, that you did. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Tony Robusto, yeah, your co-host. I've been uh, the ghost of Christmas yet to come, Andy Reyes. Did I make uh, that joke? No. Okay. I made that joke just now. <laughs> I may have done something like that in the Christmas update. Oh, I think you did. I think. You okay. Did. Okay. I was like, wait, where did? I swear to God. <laughs> okay. Um. Gosh. Oh boy. Oh jeez. We're really mucking up this outro. No, I love it. It's so on brand. Um. <laughs> uh, hey, if you want to find me on the internet, you know what? Go ahead. And you can find me at certain places. Like I'm on Twitter at Theaterbats. Uh, starting like yesterday, I started watching Sailor Moon again. So there's gonna be a lot of that. You can find me uh, also on Twitter at royalty underscore violence. I have just I have started playing the Ace Attorney games, which are a franchise of games that I've been meaning to play yes. for years. So I'm going to be making a lot of lawyer jokes again. Here's the thing. Andy makes super good lawyer jokes and they're not the lawyer jokes you're thinking of. They're better. Yeah. The last time I think it was on my lawyer joke right is because I was watching a lot of Law and Order. So <laughs> Oh, I'm super psyched about this. Find all of our content um, at direct2.video or wherever you get your locally crafted and homegrown podcasts. You're adding uh, more stuff. vegan. Okay, cool. And You're the, definitely not vegan. Wherever you get... Where, <laughs> and, 
and wherever it is that you buy your market fresh uh podcast. why are you still doing this i because i forgot what i was gonna say because you interrupted me uh, please please give us that five star rating we really need it it really helps us out uh, give us that one star rating if you think we deserve it give us that three and a half star rating if you think we're just okay and, and you know what merry christmas to you one star rating guy who andy just made up real cool merry christmas <laughs> I do a comic. Couldn't find your stuff. And dot org. So in the blog, I've been complaining about how tired I am recently. So there's gonna be more of that until New Year's, and then I'm gonna get into another storyline. So look forward to that. Nice, nice, nice. Although, hell, by the time this comes up, it might be New Year's. So happy New Year! Did I say that? Probably did. Uh oh, god, that's true, huh? You yeah, can interesting. also find the goddamn stupid fucking Pokemon fan fiction I do. Like the further away I get from actually having written it the more hilarious and embarrassing it feels. No, and that's but that's good. You gotta get it out there, man. Absolutely. At Trainer one on Tumblr, links to both of those in the description. The music you Andy help me out. It's probably playing it's probably playing intermittently throughout this entire Absolutely not. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave Tony a lot of work and he just said he's not gonna do it. Absolutely um, no <laughs> Plus, but, people um, think that's when it ends. I'm not going to start playing it so they're like, oh, it's going to end, and then keep going for ten minutes. But yeah, we can thank Lee Rosevere. Uh, <laughs> music for Podcast 3, Penguins on Parade. It's very good. Check out their stuff. Uh, freemusicarchive.org. A lot of great music if you want to start your own podcast. A lot of great music if you just like listening to anything. Yeah, if you just want to, like, find some music that's free, it's pretty good. Oh, well, we need to talk about what we're going to do next uh, next time. Yeah, you know what? New year, new possibilities, Andy. Oh, wow. Next. Next season. Next season. Next season. Season two, episode one. We're not. Season two, episode one. We're, we're not. No, we're doing this now. You I committed mean, me. Yes. Season two, episode one. I'm, na- I'm numbering them the same way the whole time. Uh, no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> just in my, in my heart. Okay. For season two, episode one, in we're going to watch Lion King one and a half. We're going to re-record our lost episode. Just the Lion King one and a half? No, we're going to do Lion King 2. Come on. Lion King okay. and Lion King one and a half, not Lion King 2. <sighs> Ooh, fun. Exciting. I, haven't, I have not seen uh, those movies it's, since the last time we watched those movies. It's been a grip. Gosh. I'm scared. Yeah. And I am the ghost of John <laughs> Smith. Ah. <laughs> talk about why i fucking hate the muppets all right now i phrased it that way Merry specifically Christmas, to get you mad. 